Welcome back to Pixels and Bites on this very warm Sunday afternoon here in Sydney. I'm sweating my balls off already and Pete's probably not going to be happy if I swear too much more on this. But I'm Dan. I'm here with Pete. Howdy. And Tom. Hello. And we're going to be trying some tasty beverages as well as talking some video game, pop culture, movies, TV shows. I think we've got a pretty good coverage on everything except this week. Mm. So we'll be touching on all things fun and interesting and having our beers at the same time. Yes. 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 So, yes. We're going straight into beers. You can tell well, I'm, Tom. Halfway th- I'm halfway through mine. Yeah, well, I had to have one while we fucked around with uh, my sound <laughs> settings again for the uh, the tenth time. Uh, I don't know how much of this actually makes it through to the recordings, but I always have some sort of audio issues. I load in my PC and I either sound like a chipmunk, which hasn't been happening lately, which is mm. nice. But the the last two times we've tried to record, the sound the is just not been working at all. Yeah. So me and Pete have spent. Uh, we spent a good 45 minutes this time, 50 minutes, yeah. probably probably almost close to an hour because we started just before three, screwing around with this one. And in the end, Microsoft troubleshooting fixed it for us. And last time it took us an hour and uh, Tom just sits there and twiddles his thumb. I mean, while, look at uh, that. Look at that shirt too. That's a fucking James T. Kirk warm. level of it's chest. It's warm day. I've gone, <laughs> I've gone full Selleck. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. Let's open it yeah, up. That's what it is. Full Selleck. Sell, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nice. Okay. Who's what have you been drinking, Tom, then? Well, while I was waiting patiently and watching all the uh the, the trailers that I hadn't watched yet, so that was actually good for me. Uh, you are having- super echoey. You are super echoey, Tom. Is there have, have you removed some cladding from the room somehow or you sure you're not running through your laptop mic again instead of your uh, no. mic? Oh, you, you're talking to me about sound issues. That's <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> <rich>. <laughs> the door's open. Do you want me to close the door? No, no, no. It's just, yeah, no, it just sounds like you're in a cathedral. Sounds like you're in a cathedral. Oh, hang on. Jasper's leaving. All right. Piss off, puppy. Bye-bye. It might have been that. Anyway, stop twirling lightsabers around, Tom. No, now I've got a toy. Actually, uh, it am- fucking was too, by the way, as soon oh, as you close you that door. Well, there we go. The, uh, the cathedral that is my hallway, uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've been drinking uh, the Freshwater Brewing. Uh, from New South Wales, their Wedge Cerveza. Um, now, I saw an article on the Crafty Point the other day, is Cerveza the new craft, and I went, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah, they're definitely I, I they're had, making a comeback. I had many, many words to say about that article, some of which, <laughs> all of which I don't think can be repeated on this podcast because I wasn't particularly pleasant to some people. So basically summed up by what I just said, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yes, I uh, I was actually at an event the other week in Freshwater with two stalls down, so we did a little beer trade as you do at those events, and uh, they gave me this. It's four point six percent. It's just a you know Mexican style lager. They say they put a bit of sea salt in there, and it's got to be a hint of citrus, but it it's good for what it is, but it's not my style of lager, especially in, you know, Oktoberfest season when you're getting all these fantastic German-style lagers. Um, it is perfect, though, for a day like today. It is very, very quenching of the thirst, um, and it's a little bit warmer now because it's been sitting here for a while. But, uh, yeah, look, it's very much one of those beers that you would you would take to the beach and you'd have one or two after you get out of the surf. 
I imagine that would be so much better straight out of the surf as well. If you had a bit of like sea, actual sea salt on your face mm. or something, took a sip in. But um, yeah, look, it's it's not the next big thing. Um, so eat a bag of dicks, crafty pint. Yeah, I'll fight you. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, but it's very well made by Freshwater. Um, yeah, I've got a few of their beers to try, not on today, but they gave us a couple. So I'm going to give that a, let's give it a four. Let's give it a four. I can't go into much else about it because it's... What what it's, makes a cerveza a cerveza? I mean, it's absolutely, like, crystal clear. Mm. Like, yeah. It's a light, light body, usually has corn, um, traditionally has corn as, a, as an adjunct in it. I think some people might use rice these days. Mm. But just really light, really low bitterness, uh, not pretty, pretty innocuous overall. Is, is it a lager style or is it yeah, a, yeah. its own thing? It's a lager style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't well, say cerveza, cerveza just means beer in Spanish. Oh, well, that's very inventive of them. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So slice, oh, a, I, I, slice actually, a line no, I, in it then. I do, oh, well, on that, I do need to give Freshwater credit. And actually, I'm changing my score. They're getting an extra 0. 0.25 for this. Let's have a nice little dig at Corona. They finish off by saying, a sun-drenched sundowner with a touch of Aussie citrus and sea salt. We know where we'd rather be. That is a great <laughs> little dig on the back of the can. Well done. Extra points. Uh, I've gone the same sort of route, Tom, with a nice warm weather quenching beer. I've got Gypsy Fox uh, Optimism. It's the New Zealand, their New Zealand Pilsner. Mm. 5.2%. It's got a really good, it, it might have a little bit of age on it, but the New Zealand hop character is still coming through really nice. It's got a really nice spiced New Zealand hop character to it. Might have liked just a little bit more bitterness, but it's got it's got a it's got a good bitterness to it. It's very light bodied as well, and just this for this heat, it's just perfect as well. So, I I may regret my next two choices in this heat, depending if it gets hotter in the afternoon or if we start to get a bit of a change come over soon. But uh, this is this is a really good way to start. Really enjoyable too. I, I'm pretty on the New Zealand pilsners at the moment, so. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a good new invention that the the industry's done over the last year or two, so good. Uh, I think we might go four two five for that one as well. Yeah, nice. I would have really liked to try it straight fresh. It's it's got no package date on it. It's best before fourteenth of March twenty four. So um, it's just showing a little bit of oxidization, a little bit of age, but it's still a very very good beer. Beautiful. Beat. Nice. So I am drinking another Zythologist beer after uh, I had a chat with Shiv from Zythologist after our, our last review. And I, I, in my defense, I did correct the record in the end that the uh, the $20 for that, that $5, $56 beer was actually a, a mistake in, their lab- in the Cuddy Cellars labeling. So they charged me the right amount of beer, uh, right amount for the beer, and I also then, in my defence, showed you guys a photo of the way that they've labelled those shelves because I wasn't yeah, going I, crazy, right? That was no, I, I backed you up on that. Yeah, there was a very, yeah. very, very, very tiny four pack little <laughs> note next to that price. Yeah. yeah, so it's got like twenty bucks in big letters, and then in the minutest fine print for a four pack. Anyway, yeah. um, so I had a chat with Shiv, and Shiv recommended I try the because I, I wasn't a fan of the brown, the English brown ale. Um, yep. So this is this is rubidium, and again I've gone the same route as you guys. Now it's actually a, a cooler rubidium. red. 
It's a cooler red in real life than it shows on. Like it, the camera warms up the temperature of the red color there a little bit, but uh, it is a raspberry and rose cream sour. Um, it oh. is raspberry and rose cream sour. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a pure peach color. It's a little bit cloudy. Um, and again, same as same as you two, I've gone the refreshing summery beer kind of route, and it's it's actually. It's not a sour flavor I think I've ever tried before because it's not overpoweringly raspberry. You get a lot of rose water out of it. So Didn't you but, say strawberry? Uh, no. Raspberry. No, you said raspberry? Okay. Raspberry and rose cream sour. Um, uh, Bit of R&R, baby. Bit of R&R. Uh, Linnaeus created the modern system. Blah, 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 blah. Just looking at the side of the beer. Uh, for example, several species come from a genus... Blah, blah, blah. This elemental beer focuses on the rosacea. Rosacea? I don't know how to say that word. It's in uh, Latin. Uh, family, a parent rank to rose, raspberry, loganberry, and blackberry. The genus of these berries is Rubus, which comes from their characteristic red color and the inspiration for the name of this beer. Rubidium. We give you this, the first rose of summer. Yeah. Uh, contains uh, water malt, hops, yeast, lactose, raspberries, and rose. So I don't think it's rose water. I actually think it's rose. I don't know if that means there's flowers mashed into it. I, I, I how do you put some, rose some in a beer pe- if petal, you don't petals put- petals in a tea bag? Just- mm. Who knows? But um, um, it actually tastes really good. It's um, it's not too mouth puckeringly sour, but it's kind of right on that edge. Um, I could have lent lent either way. Like I'm quite happy with where the sourness level is. I could have gone a little bit more sour, and it would have been okay. Still, it's kind of a wide band there. Uh, I don't know when it was made, but it's best before it's 29th of March next year, so I suspect it's probably halfway through its life cycle. Um, yeah, no, really good beer to start, actually. I don't, know, I don't think I said what the ABV was. I don't think you did either. And I don't know where it is. 5.6. 5.6. And I only paid 6 bucks for the can, just for the record. Uh, so I'm going to give read that- the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I took a photo and I checked it on the way home. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give that a 4.25 as well. Oh, so, solid yes. start. Yes. Well done, everybody. Shall we get into some news? We interrupt this broadcast with some breaking news from the front. I think we should. I think we should. Well, let's sad. rip the bandaid off and get into yeah, some sad news. Say, first. Sad news. <laughs> always start up. with sad news, and we just go up from there. Yes, uh, Michael Gambon uh, passed away earlier this week. Uh, he's eighty-two. Pneumonia. Yeah. Yeah, that's rubbish. Um, yep. I'll always remember him, not just from obviously Harry Potter and um, was seeing Detective. Everyone talks about his role in that, but the fact that he forever, when uh, had Gambon Corner in the original Top Gear, they had a corner yeah. named after him for where he went absolutely <laughs> completely off. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's sad, but hey, what a run! What a hell of a run! Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good history was- to him. Was he the second Gandalf? Yes. Yes. Dumbledore. Uh, Dumbledore, not Gandalf. Gandalf, fuck. You're getting your yep. grey wizards yep. around the wrong way. <laughs> I, I, I do have a mild hangover today too, so let's see if this alcohol can jumpstart it a little bit. <laughs> Nothing hair for of the it, dog. but the hair of the dog. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Um, yes. Get into it, Pete. Get stuck into some news. Oh, yeah. I've, fucking Sony, 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 Sony. As I was going through the news, their name just kept coming up. So um, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan's retiring after 30 years at... S- at the, as the head of PlayStation, essentially, is uh, CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment. Um, 
He's only been in the CEO role for four years, uh, so he's kind of hasn't been there very long. But uh, you know, I, I, at this point, is a shake-up a bad thing? Uh, probably not. Uh, ironically, the group, the group C, the the person who's going to step in temporarily until they select the replacement is already the group COO, the group CFO, and a CEO from one of the other Sony parts. So. Yeah, right. Doesn't of sound like hats. a conflict of interest at all. No, no not at all. No. The, the chief the, of operations the, and the money. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> one making the decisions can also authorize the uh, finance for yeah. it as well. <laughs> yeah. so, so microtransactions what, in all your what fucking games. What could go games. wrong? Yeah, <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah, a dictatorship hmm. start. Speaking of, um, so Gaming Heads, uh, and look, I've, I have to admit I've never heard of this company before, uh, but I did have a look at their some of their toys. So Gaming Heads is a collectible manufacturer. Um, I think they're based in Hong Kong. Um, making some yeah, I mean, really nice quality uh, Last of Us 2 statues, uh, but also do some God of War and Bloodborne collectibles. They've been operating for uh, 10 years. Yeah. They've been, work- they've been, been working with Sony. Do you, do you want the stage for a sec, Tom? I can't tell. No, they're just expensive. Yeah, oh. they are. Um, but then what you look that? at something... Look at something like Hot Toys. Holy shitballs. That <laughs> Doom. The Doom one is like $1,800. That's what I went straight to two, as well. Two grand. <laughs> you went straight to Doom, too, did you? <laughs> uh, Whoa. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Peter. And, Sorry. I mean, Not at all. It's, it's cool, but I don't think it's $2,000 cool. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. But also, if you have a look at the the uh, titles that they pick, they're titles mm. that you don't see a lot of collectibles for. Like like they've got Fallout and Skyrim. Um, you don't see a whole lot of Fallout and Skyrim collectibles hanging around. But apparently, they yeah, were doing yeah, a shit. Apparently, they were doing a shitload of things like The Last of Us, and and Sony has basically sent a cease and desist to say that they must destroy all existing merchandise uh, instead of shipping existing orders. So for stuff that they've already manufactured, they've basically Sony's told them to get rid of it. They're saying that they've already paid royalties because these guys aren't. These guys don't seem like they were doing the dodgy copyright infringement. They were actually in partnership with all of the parent companies. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, look yeah. like they're like they're not a they're not a they're not an Etsy. No, an Etsy no, it's not some guy with like a that. fucking three D printer at home yeah. with his Elgu. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So for Sony to turn around and say you must destroy all existing merchandise is fucked. If it's if that's I mean, obviously that can't be the whole story, right? Because why would Sony do a backflip after accepting royalties? They know they're gonna end up in court if that's the case. The worst yeah. part is, and just to make it uglier, the company gaming heads is now telling their existing customers who've prepaid for orders, sorry, uh, you're gonna have to chase Sony for a refund for your payment because we're not shipping you your collectible anymore. For the so gonna- Sony ones. Yeah, like the Sony. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right, right. but if you go to if but if you go to a retailer and you pay two thousand dollars to order yeah, something, yeah, yeah. and then they tell you to go and contact some random third party you've never spoken to, like how the fuck does that work? the 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 first tab on their website is actually licenses. Mm. So yeah. it's not. Once again, it's not like that. They're uh, they're, they're just IP infringement. Dodge, You're not just printing ooh. Mickey Mouse t shirts out of their backyard. Legacy of Kane. They've got a Raziel. That's cool. That's only 150 bucks. I might have to add that to my collection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm 
hovering over the buy now button for the Sky, Skyrim Dragonborn helmet at $80. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's just pump the brakes there. What have I done? Hey. What have I done? Just yeah, make what sure. What have you done? What have you anyway, done? Anyway, moving, moving on. The Raziel <laughs> one is it's it's got a it's a light. It's got a light in his it does. Uh, in his sword in his uh light mm. river uh yeah, wow, okay. Cool. <laughs> well uh, done, except, except it's uh, $150 for just the blade. It's not it doesn't actually come with the Soul Reaver what? uh statue. Read read oh, the oh, read oh, the fine print. Oh, the Raziel statue is not included. Thirteen hundred dollars for the Raziel statue. <laughs> <sighs> Yes, it's thirteen hundred dollars well, for the for the statue, and then another hundred and fifty to upgrade his blade to a light one. When are they Any- ever going to make another Soul Reaver? I mean, the Soul Reaver games were fucking spectacular. Speaking of fucking spectacular games that they were supposed to be remaking, uh, it sounds like the Kota remake is on. Oh, the, yeah, that's has dead. De- dead ended. That's yeah. Dead. yeah. So so Sony's now uh, taken the trailer down and has deleted all uh, it's tweets. Em- it's Embracer Group, not Sony. Uh, was it on their their channel? Was it because it was Sony's Twitter was, feed that deleted all the all the tweets? It was it was linked to a uh, state of play. Mm. Was how they revealed it. And the gone September back showcase. Through. Yeah, and they've gone back through and ripped everything off. They're just yeah yoink back. Yeah. No, it's it's not a thing anymore. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, over to There's- you. On the, well, on the topic let's of light a pyre first for abandoned Star Wars games. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger, it and I keep getting angrier and angrier. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I think this is a bit. This is a bit. Uh, uh, I don't know if this is. I can't say good or bad news. I, I think it's probably bad news for the series. But um, Stig Ad- Asmussen uh, is leaving Respawn and EA, um, but he was the one who's really behind. He was the creative director for um, Fallen Order and Survivor. Um, mm. And with them, uh, you know, Cal, um, Cal Monaghan coming out and saying that he started doing pre-work for uh, Jedi 3. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing to lose your, your creative director who really... It's typically not a good thing. Them. Yeah. Uh, having said that, God of War rotates creative directors every two games and they seem to have consistently delivered good games. So the, the creative director that, that brought us the new God of War was Corey. not the same... Was not the same creative director as brought who brought us the sequel, and yet those two games were a hundred percent consistent and contiguous. Yeah, so it's not necessarily a bad thing if they pick the no. right person to replace them. Yes, and hopefully they do because yes, I was uh, very excited to be the third. We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. Was there any news on why he left or why he was moving on? Like, because that, that that doesn't seem that does seem a bit interesting that if you put that much care into two games and the last one or both of them being a huge success that it you, seemed like, like Corey, there, were, there were differences between ea and him and especially the way ea has handled star wars over the years yeah okay kind of fucked that license a little bit mm, except for yeah. the last couple um but yeah yep okay just yep cool yeah i uh, will keep my mouth shut <laughs> um, we'll all be playing Call of Duty on our PlayStation Fives. No, None of I us will, will be not. playing Call of Duty on our, <laughs> but but pe- some people will. So um, the people mo- who only own their PlayStation consoles for Call of Duty—that's <laughs> yeah, right—get to still do that. Yes. Um, so um, it now seems certain that um, Blizzard, uh, sorry, Activision Blizzard will be acquired by Microsoft. Sony and Microsoft have just signed a deal to make sure that Call of Duty continues to be co-released on both platforms. 
Indefinitely. Yeah, they, they, Sony couldn't pull their fucking finger out and guarantee that Elder Scrolls 6 would be. Come on. No. Get your no. fucking priorities right, you I know, dumb right? idiots. I'm glad Jim Ryan's gone. Fuck off. After I've just just dropped eight hundred bucks on a fucking uh, Xbox control uh, Xbox system, and, and I've already bored of Starfield, but we'll talk about that later. Um, oh, wait, cannot. <laughs> still on Sony, they've been hacked yet again. Those fuckers just need to, you know, for all the C level executives they've jammed into that one guy's head, they definitely need a, a CISO, a Chief Information Security Officer, because those fuckers just keep getting hacked. So this time, so last time it was seventy seven million user accounts. That was. That was the massive one, yeah. That was some time ago now. Um, and they ended up doing they ended up being dragged in front of Congress to explain how they fucked up so badly and how that many people's personal details got compromised in one hack. Mm. Uh, this time it's only six thousand internal files uh, were were um, were basically ransomed by a company that seems to do ransomware as a service. So you can retain them to hack into a company and and ransom their so, their their shit, right? Uh, but Sony basically refused <laughs> to pay. Are, people are just, the but they're not people. Worst, aren't they? But they're not people. These are all state-sponsored groups. Um, this one's got apparently has ties back to Russia, uh, which quite a few have been tied back to Russia. Others have been tied back to, to China. It's, it's all the normal. And I'm sure in China and Russia they hear all about all the fucking US government-sponsored hack groups that are hacking in reverse. Mm. Like it's. But the point is, this is like this is now cyber warfare, really. Um, so yeah, uh, I, so Sony have said they're not going to pay the ransomware. So the, the hackers have basically said, "Cool, we'll be selling your shit on uh, the black on the dark web soon." So we're just waiting okay. to see what comes up. Maybe that's what they're going to do with this new CFO. He's just going to go and be like, oh, "Well, I'll just buy it back with some of our profits." <laughs> yeah. Cool. Look at that. Look at that. Wow. Oh no, no, please. No, take that away. <laughs> Your oblong fucking head. <laughs> you look like Day of the Tentacles. Um, I was supposed to say, it's, it's Dan and a lava lamp. That was that. That's that image for me. Groovy, baby. Over to Utah. Oh, yes, it's my favorite thing. There's some uh, your new PS Plus games. So you've got Callisto Protocol or um, uh, Dead Space Light. Um, oh, two games that I haven't played that I want to play. There you go. Uh, Farming Simulator 22. Assuming this was the second one you're after there. Yep, uh, definitely yeah, definitely was. <laughs> going to drive his harvester through his fields and get that <laughs> corn for his cerveza. Um, and then Weird West, which is a isometric top-down cell shaded from memory. I briefly uh, watched the trailer of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. The second one came out only six months ago. Looked yeah. and it looks pretty good. Yeah. Is it the, I, I, don't, I, I wanted to play the first one before I played the second one, obviously. Yeah. But the second one, because so it's turn-based combat, and the uh-huh. second one did something a bit different that I hadn't seen before in a turn-based combat. They have dynamic uh, environments. So the first battle that you get into in, I watched a, a first 20-minute gameplay of it. Yeah. The first battle you get into in the second one is a done on a train and the train, you're doing your turn-based combat, but the train is moving while you're on the platform doing your turn-based combat so it's there's there's something dynamic happening in the environment as you're uh as you as you're just plodding along in the game which just makes it that little bit more interesting i think so that's something we haven't seen before really all turn-based combats are are static fairly static usually static Mm -hmm. maps so yeah well, there you cool. go. So they uh, they are probably going to all drop in the it's the first of October today. In the next next couple of days, they usually drop in the first week of October. 
Um, yes, uh, for you, Peter, the High on Knife, which is the DLC for High on Life, releases in two days. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to jump back into that. I'm not. Um, Okay. Well, it's been nice knowing you guys. Yeah, I'll just go and fuck myself. Um, I wasn't having to go at you. I just, I mean, I've played the game. I finished the game. Was it good enough to bother starting it from zero again just to play the DLC? Not really. So, why would you have to start from scratch again to play the DLC? Well, now it's been released on PlayStation 5. I'd probably just go back and get the platinum if I was going to play it again. Oh, right. Because what would make it. Like, what would give me any kind of point to wanting to replay the original game? Um, I don't know. It was it was fun and it was different, but it was ultimately a short first-person shooter game with a sense mm. of humor, and I can now move on with my life. Hey, there you go. Mm. You know, uh, that's well, – there you go. Well, I <laughs> – look, I put it there just in case. Um, anyway, Thank you. Uh, back to the Embracer group who we talked about earlier. Um, fuck, they flew cl- too close to the sun and they burnt the wax off their wings. Uh, so they're apparently shopping around to try and get rid of Gearbox, which is the studio behind Borderlands um, and a bunch of other games, uh, you know, kind of three weeks after they announced they were shutting down Volition, which is one of the guys who did the Saints Row um, series. So yeah. definitely bit off more than they could chew. Oh, for sure. Um, but Borderlands, I mean, sorry, um, Gearbox, I mean, were quite successful with Tiny Tina one Tiny Tina's Wonderland so I thought that was quite a successful game so I think all the Borderlands have all been all the Borderlands have been yeah so so why would you be trying to spin that studio off I mean I don't know what else they've got in their portfolio and maybe it was just the the like, worst of the to, best they tried to they tried to buy everything at once well, kind of you yeah. know about 6 months ago um but yeah no uh, Gearbox of the Borderlands series has been great Mm. He says as he still has a shrink-wrapped copy of Borderlands 3 he's never got around to playing. Um, so do I. <laughs> one day. Yeah, because we're day. all going to play it together, remember? Yeah, we'll get around to it. <laughs> and then um, we didn't. <laughs> and then uh, last little, yes, last little bit of news, which one I'm excited about. Um, so uh, the Albanese government, uh, which is our current government for those playing at home, uh, just in case you're confused, um, they've revealed that their reforms to the classification of games containing simulated gambling will go into effect starting... September 2024, uh, so about a year away. Uh, this means uh, that any game released after September 24 will receive an automatic R18 plus rating if it features simulated gambling, which you think of the example they gave were online social casino games on mobiles. So, you know, I've ever seen someone who's got a pokey addiction who then downloads the app that doesn't have money and they, they press there so they can get the little hit and spin. Very sad. Um, but that will be... R18 plus, um, but for games that we were more likely to play, it's an automatic uh, M rating if it carries any in-game purchases with a chance element, i.e. loot boxes. So, you know, people used to... Good. Uh, <coughs> yes, yeah. I mean, I, I wish that... off. Yeah, I wish they'd rate that higher because, um, to be honest, an M rating probably isn't high enough for studios to avoid microtransactions through the loot boxes altogether. No. If that, if it was R, then it would seriously hurt their bottom line by killing yeah. a bulk of their their player base. So it's, I mean, it's good, and, and certainly it's it signals the nanny state stepping in the right direction on that particular issue. Yeah. Although Australia does seem to continue to to legislate fucking everything, um, but yeah, I think it's. I mean, this one's not bad. Yeah, I mean, the less people kind of getting stuck into gambling early, the better. Um, yeah. Because that shit sucks. Yep. 
<laughs> anyway, that's the news. Uh, let's just see, you know, and then we, we have the funny one to end it. Let's, here's some otters playing with balls. And shuffle our papers. And <laughs> right. And on that note, I think we um, Dan's got some review, well, a review for us. Well, it's not really a review. It's just an update on something that I'm excited about. So many, many moons ago, I'm just going to have to open Steam again so I don't screw this up. Um, you watch many- Dan suddenly go offline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. No, I'll just, okay, I've got no downloads going, so that's fine. Microphone um, cuts out everything. Let, let, me, let me find it. There it is. Um, oh, shit, I'm going to have to make sure it doesn't blast my ears too with the trailer that's going to play. So Return to Nagram has been in pre-access. I've spoken about it many moons ago. It's classified Return to Nagram, uh, Nangram, Narnia. a dwarven, it's pronounced a Narnia. dwarven a dwarven adventure. So it's a it's kind of a dwarvish Skyrim with a lot more crafting and survival elements. I know you can turn survival mode on in Skyrim these days, but this has got farming and crafting and everything to to do uh, in the game as well. I've played the demo several times just because I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It's a very pretty game, first first person. Uh, none of the graphics are finished as of yet. The combat system in the demo is not not finished yet either, but you get a really good feel for the, the world that they're trying to create in it, which is great. So mm-hmm. recently they've released uh, two updates for uh, like just information updates on where they're at with developing the world. They've released a seasons update and how the seasons will not just visually impact the the environment of the world, uh, but will impact your harvesting and your crops and everything. So you'll have to farm to the proper seasons within there, but will also impact uh, phases of the moon will have some sort of impact on um, crafting and forging elements uh, mm-hmm. within <clears throat> within the moon cycles and things like that. But due to due to deities being stronger or weaker during moon phases, or doesn't doesn't really go doesn't really go into that side of it. it okay, because uh, you can imagine doesn't. like like the like the Selena goddess of of moonlight and and her sister, the goddess of shadow from Baldur's Gate, for example. Like, kind of makes sense. I imagine it will go into something like that, um, Pete. I might actually. Shoot you over to two pictures of um, the 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 updated content that they've released, just so you can chuck them up on the YouTube yeah. while uh, the video while I'm talking about this because they're they're beautifully represented in what they've yeah, done. Cool. Like they've done graphical uh, uh, depictions of mm-hmm. of the 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 dwarfish the calendar com- and the cycle, and it's yeah, just wow. really really beautiful. I love it. And it's just right up my art style. And the one I really loved was their update. They're talking about the update to the forging. And we've spoken many times before about my my love of forging of hot metals. I'm about to buy my first forge, so I'm very excited about that. But nice. within within nice. the gaming elements, they have uh, even within the demo, you need to control the temperature of the forge. But with most other games, when it comes to forging weapons or anything like that, you you chuck the wood in the fire, and it's a it's a token effort at best of the mechanics of forging. E- exactly. Yeah. So you've within this, you have to control the heat. So the amount different minerals uh, need a different heat to be able to forge them correctly. Uh, you need to be able to uh, 
obviously they've got a little thing here that's mining, extracting, tooling, and forging. So there's there's smelting of metals and everything that needs to be done at different temperatures than actually forging of tools and weapons and everything as you go along. Uh, but one thing that they've put into this, which I I think is just I think it's just beautiful. They've they've added an anvil and anvil positions and how many strikes when you're crafting an item you do on certain positions on the anvil. So there's uh, the heel of the anvil, the face of the anvil, the, the step horn. of the anvil, and the horn of the anvil. And yep. you can you can lay it out how many strikes on each on each uh, section of the anvil. Uh, they've said that you potentially by trying combinations you might unlock recipes of other dwarvish clans. But the best thing that they've put in on this side of it, which Makes it's like me, Dan in a in a candy store. Oh man, it's <laughs> it's called it's called crafting the melody. Hear the echoes of the mountain. Right, I'm going to read this. Like I said, I'm a little hungover. I'm going to stumble over this a little bit, but I'm going to try and get at it out in one hit. Feel the resonance of the mountain with each hammer blow on the anvil. The metals have their have their song, their rhythm, and as a master blacksmith, you'll learn to play the song. The Dwarven Crafting Melody is a symphony that resonates deep within the heart of the mountain, where the art of metallurgy takes on a mystical form. Every clang of the hammer against the metal isn't just a mere strike, but a note forming a unique song that speaks to the essence of each item being crafted. As the smith's hammer falls, it taps into the rhythm of the mountain itself, echoing ancient beasts a beat's that have pulsated through the earth for eons. The anvil and the hammer serve as instruments that amplify this rhythm, allowing the crafter to tune into each melody and mold the metal in harmony. The result is a piece that isn't just a tool or a weapon, but is a manifestation of the mountain's song and legacy of the ancestral spirits. Each crafted piece is to be a blade. Uh, each crafted piece, be it a blade, armor or trinket carries with it a distinct song a testament to the skill and spiritual connect connection of the hands who forged it so and then they've got a little blacked out section that you can hover over which is a little bit of a definition like a of that that yeah spoiler so it says technically the number of blows and their intensity at different position <laughs> anvil positions defines the forging melody which corresponds to a numerical hash this hash defines the procedural appearance of the forged item, uh, tool, weapon, jewelry, tankard, etc. If you change the melody, the shape changes in tandem. So if you're crafting a sword and you do different strikes on different parts of the anvil, that determines, well, from what I'm reading, that the shape and nature of the sword. The shape and nature of the, the mm. blade, tool, weapon, jewelry that you're creating. And They've got a little thing under it that's got a, a little loot, uh, the forging the melody. Um, I wonder whether they're actually going to have something that's maybe procedurally generated with the the, the anvil strikes. Um, I'm so interested to hear what they do with the soundscape of the mm. the, the forging part of this uh, this game. It's it it absolutely warms the cockles of my heart to know that someone has gone to this much effort uh mm. to create a a forging mechanic within a dwarvish game i mean these yeah. these people obviously love the 
the the mythology that they're creating around this world so much that I mean they're creating uh, backstory graphic novels and books and everything to to correspond yeah, with the creation of this game. They're absolutely going all in with this, and I Good. will preach this to the day it comes out, and hopefully well after it comes out, and get as many people to purchase this as possible because <laughs> these people need to be absolutely commended for the effort that they're putting in on this. Yeah, right. Yeah, wow. That's good. That's me done. Yeah, that's um, the most I've talked on the podcast in a long time. I think so. It's like ten episodes. So, um, yeah, no, that's why Tom and I are just stunned in the silence. Um, should we review our second beer? It's up to you, timekeeper. Well, we can't really go straight into a break after reviewing our second beer and come back from a break and review a third. So, let's let's talk beers. Someone else go first this time. Thank you, Dan. What are you drinking? I've got, <laughs> I've got Southern Highlands Brewing Co. Ronin Japanese Double IPA. Uh, I was very interested. Good mm. Double IPAs are hard to come by. Hard, well, yeah, hard to come by. Um, the Japanese side of it interested me. I don't know what's Japanese about it. I'm sure it's probably written on here somewhere. But wasn't it co-brewed with a Japanese? Brewery? I don't know. The the sun's gone behind a cloud, and I don't have a light on. It's either that or the Japanese quad because I've had that I one. I think that was the Japanese quad you were talking about. Right. Give me a light. I'll look it up. Ugh. You keep talking about your beer. Uh, blending rice, malt, and well, uh, sriracha. Yep. <clears throat> and a, a Japanese hop too, I think. Sriracha. Um, sriracha ace. Yeah. Is that? Japanese bread sriracha ace used as a late edition and dry hop. Yeah. Cool. It's... Really nice. It's mm. uh, it's it's a little bit lighter bodied than I originally went into, but I guess being With a rice. Japanese rice, I probably should have preempted that. But that doesn't. It's that's not a that's not a takeaway from it. It was just my my dumb preconception going into a double IPA and being an American double IPA. Mm. Um, but I should have when it said Japanese double IPA, I should have already realized that the hop character is really nice. It's got a Kind of bit of a uh, a herbaly mentholy character to the 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 hop character. The bitterness is nice and dominant without being harsh or sharp. Um, it's really well rounded across the board. It you can feel the alcohol a little bit, but you kind of want to as well with these style of beers. But it's not overpowering or throws it out of balance. So I think that's a really well crafted um, way to go, and it's wonderful artwork as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's really what caught me was the 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 time and effort put into the the wonderful anime samurai on the yeah. uh, or the Ronin good the samurai the the Ronin on the uh, the Ronin artwork on the can so yeah excellent good good job uh, I'm going to go a four seven five for that one yeah wow nice very yeah, nice really enjoyed that something I in the quite... news about uh, Southern Highlands Brewing the other day yeah really they've not apparently... bad I hope. No, they've they've uh, they've gone in with a um, an English craft brewery as a paired up as a paired up, yeah, yeah. Yep. Joined joined in in business with them. It was uh, yep, yeah. I mean, it's nothing for or against that. It was just yeah. It was just powder powder monkey brewery in Gosport. Whatever the oh yeah, fuck that is yeah. They have acquired Australian brewery, the Southern Highlands Brewing. They've acquired it. Yep. Yep. Interesting. And are they a craft brew company themselves? 
yes, I believe they are. Um, so now yeah, we've got how, the powder some, monkey, craft bar, and bites. So now we've got small businesses buying other small businesses. Halfway across the world. Halfway across yeah. the world. Well, I mean, it's better than fucking, you know, yeah. Lion Nathan buying everything or, or whoever. So, yeah, cool. Um, sweet. I, yeah. I'll go next, Tom, if that's all right. Please. Because I have a, a disappointment to talk about. So this is uh, this I'm is right Temple. Here, Br- man. Fuck. Is, well, I don't know. It might be your fault. It might not be. I can't remember now. This is Temple Brewing Co.'s uh, Western Street. Western Street? Yeah. Western Street. I remembered Double Dry Hops uh, West Coast IPA. I was really looking forward to this one. 6.4% ABV. And I'm reading the description with very brief description. Our classic West Coast IPA, a trio of cryo hops providing piney, dank aromas, balanced body, and lingering resin-like bitterness. Now, this could only have come from one of two places and was purchased in the last three weeks. I'm not naming either of those two places. Well, you've well, fucking already done it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually named the other one as well in this episode. So, um, But it was packaged in October last year and its best before was in May. And I was wondering why I couldn't taste any of the description on the site. There's no, there's no dankness left. There's no, there's no massive pine notes. It's just a. It. I mean, look, it's definitely an IPA. You can tell it's an IPA, but uh, yeah, it's just it's unremarkable as an IPA. When did you say that next May is the expiry date? No, the one that just the went past. Just gone. Yeah, you Pete, where is it? May didn't just go past. May was. Now you said it was four months ago. In, packaged in May. No, no, no. Oh, it was packaged. No, it was. No, packaged it was in- no, it was packaged in October last year. Yeah. It was, right. it was best before the 25th of May. So, yeah, I, okay, Dan, it was four months ago, but <laughs> it only had six months to start with on its yeah. best before or seven months, and you know as well as I do that the the freshness of the hops is going to drop off a curve pretty quickly about three or four months after being packaged. So yep. by the time you drink it at its best before, it's already lost most of its, mm. its, its resiny notes, some of the stronger notes, and here I am four months later. Yeah. So... Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. rate it because I don't think it's fair to Temple Brewing um, for me to, to to rate the beer based on the sample because I can tell it's aged. Mm. Like it hasn't oxidized. It just doesn't have the flavor punch that you know that it should have from a double dry hopped IPA. So, yes, in fairness to them, I'm not going to rate it. But 6.4%, I'm sure it'll still get me pissed. Once Tom's gone, I want to throw a bonus beer rating in here, a bonus beer comment in. Okay. okay. Take do, it away, Tom. Do you want to go? Do you want to go first while it's on your mind? Oh yeah, um, no, sure. I, I don't mind. Yeah. I just my 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 bonus comment is I had the uh, the batch West Coast IPA and the batch American Pale last night. Fantastic, both yep. like incredible, credible beers, like just e- exemplary hop expression on both of them, and just the West Coast IPA is exactly the style of West Coast IPA I like. So it really plays into my. Um, into into my field there with the the lighter malt character. I don't actually. I make a really heavy West Coast IPA, and I don't mind it. But it's what our customers want. It's not what I like to drink regularly myself. I like to drink the lighter malt body ones. Uh, but uh, yeah, both the batch American uh, American Pale and the West Coast IPA, excellent. If you can get your hands on them, uh, do it. If you haven't tried them, do it now. Yeah, nice. I actually had exactly the same two beers last night, Dan. 
And I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, and that pail punches above its weight too. Mm. That's the new one. Yes. Mm. A, a brand is. new beer. Yeah. Tom, what are you drinking, mate? Mm. I was I'm I having tell. the, uh, well, I'm investigating Peter. Um, someone's about to get okay, a blues clues. Fu- someone's about to get a very fucking angry email from me. Uh, <laughs> I am having. I think we <laughs> solved the mystery from earlier. <laughs> yeah, I packed it. Um, <laughs> But, uh, I was I, I actually legit thought it was fucking um, Cuddy Sellers, so yeah, nah, whatever, Trevor. Someone's about to get a very <laughs> that didn't arrive long time ago. Uh, anyway, uh, I am drinking the six string thousandth brew. Hey, they said the thousandth brew. It's their all the way pack. from New Zealand. Oh, Just kidding. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is 5%. Uh, it is a hazy pale using cashmere, Eldorado, and Nelson Southern. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a very well-made little hazy pale. Um, I was going to do a, a little, um, I was going to actually have a little little joke at Peter's expense and say that I had a hazy pale and bring up the can of the latest hazy days from Garage Project, but, and then not actually crack it and drink it. So now he actually hates the fact that I have them all the time on the, uh, I don't hate the fact that you drink those beers. I not at all. You got sick of them. Um, I got sick of trying to look up the numbers and it not being. I can't find it on. Yeah, they dropped the number system, which is annoying. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, this is really good. Um, The only thing that's, I know it's like the generic design on the back because everything's based around like a guitar amp and on these, but they've got these little um, very nice and gold uh, bitterness and alcohol uh, dials on on the back there. Forbiddenness and alcohol percentage, uh, and it's the same design. No, I'm sure it's the same design no matter what the level is at. It kind of kind it of bothers me you a little bit because because it's a miss, right? But it's so close. It's um, I mean, the twelve bitterness on a scale of zero to one hundred is sitting like there. It, you probably can't see it, but it's right in the middle. The five percent alcohol though is just. It's like four point eight. It's just shy oh, and it's like, come annoying. on, man. <laughs> it's that's, just a yeah, little bit. It just triggers all the OCD in the world. It um, does. So what's, it, what's it actually called? Sorry, Thousandth Brew? Uh, it just says Hazy Pale, but then they've got a big thing saying it's their Thousandth Brew. Yeah, okay. I'm guessing their Thousandth it's, Recipe. Yeah, so it's just called the Hazy Pale Ale. Just the Hazy Pale Ale, yeah, 5%er. Yep. Um, it's very nice. It's, it's really peachy and citrusy. Um, it's, uh, it's not – it's quite – not quite thin, but it's a, like a light body is probably the best way to describe it, not thin, um, which is good, again, for this kind of a hot day. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it really, um, it's got, it carries that citrus citrus flavour all the way through, which is nice. It doesn't like drop off suddenly or anything and leave like nothing in the back end. But, yeah, I'm going to give that a, yeah, that's a, that's a solid four. Congratulations on your thousandth brew six string. Yeah, All the nice. way from the central coast of New Zealand. <laughs> that's going to become our running joke i like it unfortunately yeah. i like it um, um yep cool i've i'm gonna talk really quickly because about a couple of reviews because i did talk about them in a little bit more detail last episode but now yes. the seasons have finished i just kind of wanted to end cap them so foundation season two uh new story thoroughly enjoyed uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, and it, it's also a recurring theme in um, in Wheel of Time, which I'll talk about next episode because there's one more app to go. Um, but but what I really liked about Foundation season two was they 
they didn't just do the same thing as they did in season one. They introduced a really interesting storyline or plot device, uh, a, a story mechanic, if you like, to push the story forward in the first season. They executed it really well. And I'm actually glad that they dropped it for the second season. Second season had a very clear story arc from start to finish. It was told in a far more serialized way. It's kind of reminded me of Witcher season one with all the time jumping versus Witcher season two, where it just went to telling a story in sequence and mm-hmm. it did so very effectively. And it did, Foundation season two did exactly the same thing. So the story got bigger and it's, and it, and it, you know the the focus changed to interstellar war and the the you know the fall of mankind has begun and you can start to see the cracks in in uh, the foundation or in the empire itself in a yeah. really interesting and somewhat surprising way. Like I, I was the underlying story and what's driving the empire and the collapse of the empire was mm. revealed right at the end and it was like I said interesting and surprising. So definitely check out season two if you could get through all the maths in season one. Um, Absolutely not. <laughs> and then uh, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. I said I said uh, communist last episode. What I meant was socialist. They're not communists. The uh, the Star Trek Federation is is socialism. Um, mm. Strange New Worlds season two, fucking brilliant. Absolutely like standout performances. Um, some of the later episodes in season two were just spectacular. Uh, really interesting, intricate storylines. Again, this was more episodic. This is like a traditional Star Trek TV series. Now it's it's you know self-contained stories. Um, quite frequently, they even did. Now, uh, the original series, The Next Generation, even Deep Space Nine, did some musical stuff, but they never had a full-blown musical episode, as in where everyone starts singing. This that sort of stuff was done quite frequently during the first actor strike. Uh, sorry, the first writer strike. Um, they started doing musicals randomly in a mm. lot of different TV shows. But i got to say, the first 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, really? You guys went there like, what the fuck? But it actually ended up being not terrible. They were well-written songs. It was The, the singing was actually all the original actors. So the, the cast were all singing. Not all of them can sing, but they were all, all gave it a jolly good go. Um, it was entertaining. So, yeah, that's all I have to say on those two things, but they're, they're both worth watching. Mm-hmm. And Dan, you're on mute, my friend. Uh, Pete, sorry, yeah. you've gone. Uh, you've gone super. Oh, I'm glad that wasn't just me. Pixelated, <laughs> like horribly, horribly pixelated, uh, and it's like your bandwidth just went to the toilet. Yeah, it's all right. It'll uh, it'll pick back up. It'll catch yeah. up. Always does. Um, Did you yes. like that? That I, I stayed in character the whole time and was just like, yes, I can understand entirely what you're saying. Something oh, you could singing. Got- you're oh, saying you, were, you couldn't you, hear me either. You were garbled we, as garbled as all hell. Oh, yeah, fuck. we got we got most of it. You might want to check that uh, that when we go to break. <laughs> okay. Then well, you'll I have to do the but... voiceover recording. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I said, luckily yeah. I can put on my own voice quite well. Yeah. Um, that's it, I think. Any, I have any other nothing reviews? Nothing to review. I have been. We haven't been watching anything new lately, except uh, we've gone back and restarted UK Taskmaster at season one. We're going all the way through. Well, the new season's just started too. Yeah, well, yeah we've, we've, uh, weekly weekly episode drops. Yeah, we've decided not. Nah, fuck it, we're going straight back to the start. Yeah, and we were for some reason started randomly on season nine, and it's like, no, nah, we've missed all these. Let's go back and we'll start from the beginning. Oh, some um, of those early ones were fucking fantastic. Yeah, but I'm yeah. also in the same kind of boat as Pete, as I've got a couple of series that are like 
it's one episode left. I'm like, I, can't, I don't remember. Yeah, to, yeah, it's annoying, it isn't it? Yeah, especially if it's good because you want to talk about it, but you know you shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, now now that you say that, uh, the I know it's not your your guys' um, interest, but American Horror Story just started their newest season as well, and after the disappointment of last season, which was a fine season, but uh, just not American Horror Story. Uh, yeah. This this one after one episode is uh, back to its strengths. Back, back to its. Uh, Back to its American horror story weirdness and janky bad acting. <laughs> I remember I, I've never sat down to watch it, um, but the ex-wife used to play it all the time, and I know that she spoke to um, to Lou about it quite a lot as well. And so I did see a few episodes in the background while I was kind of in the room but not watching. And mm. yeah, I could totally relate instantly to janky acting. Yeah, oh, it's <laughs> massively janky acting. Yeah, that like, and like. Really- and like a year had passed, and I go, um, uh, hang on, is that this is season two, right? But it's totally different now. It's set in us in an asylum, whereas yep. last season it was set somewhere else. And they're the same actors. Are, are they the same characters? She's like, no. So it's the same cast every season, not mostly. Always. Yeah, but I mean, there, there's also um, the season season five or five or six. I think we're up to seven or eight now. I can't remember, but uh, it was called American Story Apocalypse. Right. actually went back and crossed over with season three um the right. the coven the coven so the you you've got where you where you're talking about you've got all these the same actors playing different parts in different stories as each mm. season goes along mm. and completely most of them unconnected um yeah. but you do you and then you had a complete complete connection there between two seasons a great deal of time yeah, passed right. between the two where there was no link in between there as well. So I always it thought was- it was a cool concept to use the same cast to tell completely mm. separate stories per season. It reminds me of like a theatre company putting yeah. on like a yeah, two different yeah. Shakespeare plays one after the <clears> other. <throat> yep. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's definitely not for everybody because it is fucking weird and you do <laughs> have to get past the bad acting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but some of them are good actors, but like Zachary Quinto's been yeah. in it since season one, and mm. he he's not in all the seasons. He pops up here and there. Yeah, uh, when he's and, not doing a movie or you know getting yeah. paid lots of money to do other stuff. Yeah. And you can tell that he is by far the best quality actor that's in, <laughs> in this season. Because he, he just hits it. So didn't Zachary? start with dodgy tv in hero wasn't that where oh, he was kind of probably made his name yeah, yeah he was the maybe. bad guy in heroes yeah. wasn't he he was yeah. oh god his name the bad guy's name Sila. Sila, Sila. thank you yeah. <laughs> yes well, jinx yeah. um yeah, yeah. so here, i mean here, I, I got you a coke i'm off the hook <laughs> cool all right i think on that note we'll take a quick break okay and we're back. Oh, I probably should. We're not back. We can be back. We can be back. No, we can be back. Just, I was just about to say, I, knowing my talent in pouring nitro cans, I probably should have grabbed a piece of paper towel on my my way back. So, no chaos, chaos, yes, <laughs> yeah, all over my computer desk. I'm pouring. Wonderful. I'm currently pouring mine on top of my keyboard and realized that was a bad choice after I committed to it. But that's all right. And it's a big can too. So it is a big can. Oh, I love this artwork. 
I yes. know it's how good is it? Oh. This is going on the fridge. Yeah, yeah it's going on the fridge. <laughs> oh yes. So yeah, for our I... third beers, you know, in a rare case of coordination and planning, we're actually all, <laughs> we're actually all trying the same beer. Um, and as Tom correctly pointed out, even after we'd all committed to trying this beer on the same podcast, we still also needed to to explicitly coordinate which of the four which beers four we would be beer. doing. Yeah. Because I was doing it first. I knew <laughs> yeah, you I was were. Do That's why same. I said it. I knew you'd fucking do it first. <laughs> so, so for those playing at home, this is Garage Project's Descent to the Dungeon of Dankness, uh, with which is a West Coast IPA. I might actually try and find the artwork, and I might throw the artwork up on the episode if I can. Oh man, I want to print this out and put it on my wall. It's so fucking good. It's it's do. very reminiscent of. I'm reminiscent pretty sure you can of- get it on the GP store. Think they had oh, they really? had prints of it, yeah. Oh, and there he goes. He's yeah. off and racing. Yeah, he's off buying the t-shirt. So this was um, this was released for I'm I'm ninety percent certain, and someone could probably fact check. I think this was released for Beervana, which recently happened in which is a, a GP collaborative beer fest they do. Okay. Oh, it's their main page as well. It's like the <laughs> login page, but it's it's a different artwork. Oh, rem- you got it. You got to go. Couple, they, I think they did a couple of. It's going. called yes. the dungeon. It's oh, it doesn't say it on the can. It's called uh, Descent to the Dungeon of Dankness One Shot Adventure. No, they've written a one shot adventure. You can. Oh, play. they have. Oh, have they? Wow. Oh, come on, we got to do this. We got to do. We'll this. do this as a one shot. Down, fucking- download the adventure. Yeah. This will be I, like a six-part mini-series of uplates, and we'll record us playing the game. That could be a good oh, yeah. yes, that You'd is finally get me to play D and D. How good! Well done. That's fucking great. Okay, I'm going to read on that after the podcast, and yep. you can uh, DM that. Thanks. I'll, so that'd be that'd I'll, be good if you could. I'll DM it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just imagine You're we lose Dan for the you. rest of the recording. Yeah. It's just like, nah, <laughs> sorry, I'm <laughs> deep in this. Go away, my precious. Um. <laughs> Yes. So the beer itself, has anyone actually bothered trying it yet? No. I am putting it to my lips as we speak. I got I got too uh too caught up in the uh in Ooh. the moment with uh Ooh. Garage Project doing fun things. Oh that yeah, is we can get yeah, you can get all the boss level the boss level, the mecha hop, the oh, oh, all the mecha hop series are all have prints too. <laughs> yep. They're only twenty bucks. Yeah, wow. nice. Uh I want it oh, on yeah. a t shirt. Um Yes, so the beer. Back to the oh, podcast. Oh, the out of the world. Pa- oh, man. Oh, this, <laughs> is, this, is again. Bad, this is bad news. Like he's just discovered bad, that they've got a fucking website. Bad news. Well, I didn't know they did prints. <laughs> so. Yeah, now you do. He's, yep. Yes. So. Peace. You go. You go. Um, it is yeah. dank as fuck. I mean, it is very grassy, very herbaceous. Um, Yeah. Dank is definitely the right word for it. Dank's mm. got its own definition, right? It's, it's it's not like anything else. It's got a very specific flavor. Yeah, so I would describe dank as that piney resinous that you get from American hop that is like smelling wet weed. Yeah. And like in, in turn wet, wet hop as well. Um it has yeah. that uh, that very that very specific Piney, grassy, everything you just said. Piney, grassy, uh-huh. herbaceous. Uh-huh. But it's almost, but it's, but it's almost a. It's there's an acidity to the fla- to the smell as well. Like it's, it, it doesn't burn, but it almost, it's got that kind of, meta- almost a metallic twang to it. 
I can see where you're coming from with that, yeah. Hmm. I just figured out why this, this, yeah, it's very, very good and why it was so familiar. They've used the terpenes again, the botanical terpenes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Which to enhance that that amount of dankness, which is that beer I had yesterday, the Devil's Lettuce one they did. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I laughed at the name of that. Yeah, it was yeah. great. I was at a, a wedding, so I couldn't reply. Too. But yeah, <laughs> but um, it was super dank, like a real hit of lemon. Which at first it kind of was synthetic, but then it, it went off. But it was just, yeah, I really think it was from adding those these terpenes in. And they talk about in like the couple articles I read is they're not using, they're favoring like the hop terpene. And you, Dan, you probably explain it better than I would, but um, just exactly what they actually do to a beer. But from what I gather, they literally just bump everything up to 16 out of two. Yeah, I'm not sure actually. I, I actually haven't done enough research on it, but that's that's from what I get to is that it's it's, it's a flavor enhancer rather than a flavor itself. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Let me let me do some uh, the googling, some, some brewer research. Uh, I'll put myself on. Said, they've said for this so beer, you don't have to listen to my clicky clacky keyboard. They're aromatic compounds found in many plants, Dan. <laughs> Though many people commonly associate them with cannabis, I know yes. what they are. Um, I just don't know what they like the the actual the usage of as in are they extracting plant compounds and then re-adding them back into a brew at the end of the process to to maintain the profile of the like the chemical structure maybe yeah yeah right. or, well, you or, have fun with that yeah okay yeah you, you biochemistry you I've I've literally just found an article uh, which is not just uh, which from is medical a, news today which is it's a <laughs> From Cannaboids are us. No, no, no. no. I'm, on, I'm on Medical News Today, which oh seems oh. like a half legit website. I'm still on the Garage Project website. So they've used for this one. They've used. Uh, <laughs> Just given up on the podcast. Fuck it. It's Sunday afternoon. No, it's long no weekend. I'm reading the, the description of the beer. Yeah. Uh, they've brewed this with Nelson Savin, Strata, Centennial, and Columbus. And then they've added in Columbus. the okay. botanical terpenes. I love this beer. Like it's, mm. it's got a real. It's almost a grapefruit pith as opposed to like a a, a citrus, like an orange pith to it. Um, yeah. As a, as a main flavor profile, it's really bright. Bright yeah. is the which is funny when you think about descending into the dungeon. That wouldn't be bright. Um, and it's like you you can smell the dankness, let alone taste it. Yeah. Bright is a very good term, not just not just talking about it visually. Pete got a really good shot because of his the glass that he's using just then when you were drinking, Pete. Like you can see the the actual bright clarity of mm. the actual product itself is where my you're gonna see my oblonged heading through the through the glass again if I do it. <laughs> but bright- I've actually got a proper proper colour chart behind me if you want me to hold that up <laughs> as well. <laughs> but bright on uh, the flavour and and visual side of it is is a really good descriptor of it, and mm. probably not something that you would de- necessarily associate with the term dankness. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Excuse me. It's interesting because um, I am multitasking, much to the chagrin of ex girlfriends everywhere. Um, but terpenes seem to be responsible for the aromatic nature of almost all plants that are strongly aromatic. So um, it's kind well, that, of was, that was the thing well. with the with the devil's lettuce one yesterday. Literally putting my face like I was drinking out of a can as I was walking the dog. 
um, and sticking just up to the, the can hole and having a whiff. It was literally like I was standing in front of a bag of hops and just face in it, like yeah. having a big old whiff. It was so aromatic. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is great. You know what? We should, Dan, we, we should save up a couple of these topics and I'll, I'll reach out to Shiv again and see if the guy will join us for the podcast. And we can, because, I mean, he's a biochemist, right? Yeah, oh, or, 100%. Or he'd some, be sort the- of, some sort of chemist. Molecular chemist? I don't know. I didn't read his fucking LinkedIn profile. Um, but, but I reckon it would be interesting to have a conversation with somebody like that about these phenols and thiols and and you know these <laughs> the, the, the terpenes. terpenes yeah yeah um cryo and and where it's all going as an industry as well in terms of we seem to be moving past what you can achieve naturally through a natural growth like a natural growing process in hops we we did the dry hopping then we did cryo hopping and now we seem to be doing they're, they're still natural extracts mm. so the compounds themselves aren't synthetic but they're synthetically extracted to add more and more flavor. So it'd be interesting to talk about the kind of the the, the state of the industry. Yeah, anyway. actually, that's that's a that's a that's a quite an interesting topic. Uh, it'd be a spotlight. It'd be our very first beer related spotlight on this yeah. beer and pop culture podcast. There's a there's a an Australian HPA do Hop Products Australia do quite a range of oils and extracts, hop extracts, and everything these days. So. I've never really read or used, gone too far into it. I probably should, um, but it's um, it's one of those things that cost-wise, I guess, and everything. Oh, I, I know some people have started to use them in core range products mm. uh, to, as in a flavor enhancers and everything like that. It's mm. uh, it, but as you said, it is it is very much a a turning point. Do do we now continue to go this route and experiment with these things or stick more to more traditional styles of brewing? So it's an interesting question to ask probably a wider audience as well. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, I might start making inquiries and we'll see if we can get somebody on the podcast. Um, but for, and I'll do some reading. But for those listening to this particular episode, you should definitely – Excuse me. Oh, we've uh, lost like, him. He's dead. Yeah, like and subscribe. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the worst ones yet. <laughs> and then let's talk about this beer. So I, I'm I'm going to rank this very highly. This is at least a four and a half, if not a four seven five, for me. I love a mm. dank as fuck West Coast with a lot of a lot of punch to it. Like it, it's it's got a nice lingering resiny flavor as well. Long after you've taken your last sip, so. I'm really yeah. digging that. So I'm going to stick with a 4.75. We'll average scores, I think. Hmm. Tom? Yeah, look, there. it's... Uh... The fuck just happened? Oh, my sister's calling me. Unfortunately, I will not answer that call. Um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely into at least a 4.5 at a minimum. I just want to... I think I want to get through a little bit more. It's Mine's very cold. I think it yeah, needs okay. a, little, a little warming up. So Whereas my house it. is approximately sixty degrees centigrade at the moment. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've I got mean, no problem. I'm sitting in a closed room with a fan about this big with my PC <laughs> running. So, yeah, very, very uh, green, green street. I'm on, luckily, so it's very cool. Uh, but yes, no, I'm going I'm to let this just warm up for a little bit, and I'll jump back in. But I'm, I, I just want to see if it improves a little bit. It will. Like, it yeah. will as it opens. I'm up. sure it will. Yeah, yeah. It's Dan? it's interesting too. Like like mine's. Like we've just said, mine's quite warm now as well. Not quite warm. 
but it's warm. Yeah. It's warm-ish. It'll be and, seven, seven or eight degrees by now. Yeah, and the the char- the hop character is it's so well made that there's nothing coming through for a an IPA of this strength and of this hop character that puts you off drinking it warm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with that. And traditionally, well, traditionally, that's probably not the right term, but uh, typically, typically, you wouldn't want to drink a fucking IPA as it warms up. Thank you, because it just yes, becomes too. Exactly. It just becomes the bitterness turns into acid, and you just end up with this really ugly flavor profile, and and especially that dankness too. Like that, that can turn quite uh, acrid. Yeah, acrid's probably a good term. Yeah, phenolic. That that's that it can go that way. It's only six point five, so you're not you're not at the warmer temperatures going to get a huge amount of booze coming off it and everything as well. But mm. the if if they haven't centrifuged this, like it's got a slight haze to it, but it's, it's yeah. probably been centrifuged or, or mine's completely fine or, or something. Mine's got a bit oh yeah, Tom's is quite oh, that's cloudy. A, that's a chill haze, guarantee it. Because we're all yeah. drinking the same beer, and that is a look. You can see my face through mine. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. interesting. Well, chill, chill haze. Yeah, chill, chill haze is quite a quite an interesting concept where the the proteins. Forming yeah. under low temperatures, but God, yeah. we're almost uh, getting philosophical about our beer now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, but I think it deserves that time. Uh, this yeah. this uh, quality of beer and something that we're all having together. It's not like one person sitting there talking about it, and the others going, "Yeah, cool. I wish I was drinking it too." <laughs> kind of thing. So yeah. it's it's. Uh, I think it's an excellent product. I think it's excellent. I think it's flawlessly made. Mm. Uh, so I can do nothing but scale this as a. I think I don't think there's a single fault to it. You put this in an awards, and it would definitely get a gold. Oh, it might lose out just a little bit on hop character for the style. Um, it's got a good, good strong hop character, but I think you put it up against out of balance, maybe not out of balance, just to, just not quite enough, maybe to push it into that gold territory. But it's definitely in the territory that if I had a four pack of four four forty mils, these four forties, yeah, um, four forty mil six and a half percent IPAs like this, I'd be drinking the whole four pack back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I consciously made the decision of not putting the second one in the fridge. Yeah, okay. Because I don't want to drink it tonight. Yeah, ah. I, I want to keep it, and I don't want to be tempted if it's in the fridge. Yeah. Just go, no, yeah. fuck it, I'm just going to have it. So, yeah. so that's the thing. I think mine's. Uh, you guys saying yours is probably about six, seven degrees by now. Mine's definitely come from a very full fridge. I, mm. uh, I, I had the, the the beer fridge kind of full at the moment. Um, so I obviously it's colder in there than it probably should be. Um, but yeah, look. I'm definitely sitting up there in the in the four seven five to five range. It's even if it's slightly warming up just by holding it. It's just I'm getting more and more of that that um that real hop uh, yeah and dankness coming through. Like it, it, it is, it's very oily now too. Yeah, as yeah, it starts yeah. to get it starts to get warmer. But that but it's 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 not an unbalanced no no palate oil. It's 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 really pleasant. I yeah. I think we should just declare it a five. Let's just declare on. it a five across the board. Well, Dan was at five. I was at four seven five, and you were at four and a half to four seven five to five. So I think we just call it a five. 
Because, as you said before, everybody who's listening to us at home who have already liked and subscribed are sitting there going, yeah, that's great. I wish it wasn't I was better that time. One. It wasn't better that time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but the clunkier it is, the better it is. That's, that's, true. that's my opinion. I do really appreciate as well that it's uh, the, the female character at the front and centre has proper fucking armour on too. It very much reminds me of Dragons of Kern. Is it Kern? Um, I mean, the, the dude, the dude in the back with the mullet and the mo, he looks straight out of a bad romance novel. On yeah, the, uh, <laughs> an eighties <80s laughs> romance, which novel. I fucking yeah. love. Like, and it was, it was Anne McCaffrey, Dragon Riders of Pern, but it's it's not yeah. that artwork. But it is reminiscent she's, of D and D artwork. Yeah. yeah, she's got the whole uh, uh, David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury <laughs> thing going. Yeah, with the, 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 the garage the project front, eye patch, the, the front white, the front white streak, uh, grey yep. streak in the hair and the eye patch. That's right, dwarfs. The dwarf's yeah. got his um, guitar slung across his back. <laughs> it's a it's a fucking eight string. Yeah, I was just going to say that actually. Yeah, it's an eight string. It's an eight string lute or something mm. strung probably, across his probably back. Probably double yeah. strung as well. So it's actually a sixteen yeah. string lute. <laughs> double, no, double strung. Yeah. <laughs> also, he looks straight out of a Henson film. The little yeah, dwarf. Yeah, doesn't <laughs> he? Yeah. 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 And then you've got the the swashbuckling pilot looking pirate looking dude behind him. It's very uh, Swords huh? of the Coast. The um oh. the. The third dude that's not the dwarf. Oh, yeah, that's yeah a, the, that was the guy that we were talking about, the romance novel with man the, with the yeah. with the mullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He no, he looks like he's bit. straight out of a D and D plot plot line. Yeah, no, he looks Beautiful straight out of an eighties porno. Is what he looks <laughs> yeah. straight out. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what he looks <laughs> like. Or, yeah. um, if well, has he got an eye patch as well? He does. No, oh, I, don't, I think it's just the shadow, shadow of the hair. Shadow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's kind of very, very. It's some of the best. It's very escaping LA. Like we, yeah. It reminds me of a oh snake Pliskin. oh yeah <laughs> minus <laughs> minus the mo uh, just give him a give him a beard yeah you could oh, snake Pliskin, definitely him. yeah look at him yeah. yes glorious if only it would focus. very similar yeah all right let's yes. let's let's move on to a yeah. fucking trailer manly trash. men in tights twenty <laughs> minutes on, on twenty minutes on a beer um, let's move into trailer trash that beer deserves twenty minutes not true more. first came off the rank toxic avenger. Has a teaser, a red band teaser trailer out. Uh, look, it's a teaser trailer. You don't really get to to see what the fuck's actually going to, what what's going on. You don't a, even see the Toxic Avenger himself. You see his silhouette, silhouette of the Dinkleberries. Yes, uh, coming through <laughs> the as Dinkleberry. He's in fucking the everything at the moment. You've seen um another trailer that I watched. I don't remember what it was. But uh, back to well, back, he's, he was, he's doing a Nick Cage. Oh thing. no, no, no! So it was it was a trailer. Samuel that, yeah, Jackson yeah. just being yeah. in everything. Yeah. No, no, no. So it was a trailer that I elected not to include because you guys aren't interested at all in it. But the the new um so uh, that. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Hunger Games. The new Hunger Games prequel. Oh yeah, movie absolutely not involved. A, yep. No. I told you. Um, but Dinklage is in fucking that now too. And I didn't realize it was a prequel, but it, it apparently is. Anyway. Um, so Toxic Avenger, it, I, I mean, you know, he, it looks so, delightfully eighties. It does, yeah. it does. And it looks, it looks like they're like I, I don't really remember the original movie. I remember there it's was the gratuitous best. nudity, uh, yeah. but it, it looks like but it was eighties style nudity. Like it was, oh yeah, yeah. Tear the tear the blouse off the the lady for no particular and then reason. Boom, the big bush, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and. It just the, the the violence that you get from the teaser trailer. It just looks like that over the top squib, like 
like over the top 80s squib, someone standing there and flailing their arms while they're getting riddled with bullets and all the squibs are going off. Yeah. Uh, that's what I get from that. So ah, sorry, I've done myself. <laughs> yeah. Tom's Tom's hurt himself. Oh, just the whole thing about the gratuitous bush, and then it's like, no wonder he's got a mop handy. Just <laughs> <laughs> really set myself. <laughs> Uh, for those for those playing at home, uh, Tom Tom made a joke in his own mind without vocalising it first, and yeah. went into a laughing fit. I'm crying. I'm actually crying. <laughs> God, I'm hilarious. Oh. I thought you were going. I actually thought you were going down the um, scary movie. Was it scary movie? The the piss take where he pulls out the fucking chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the head trimmers. The head trimmer. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Nope. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Serious. I, Serious face. I mean, if if Hope they... Mum doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can put that in brackets underneath the uh, the title, <laughs> not mum friendly. Um the or that can be the episode title. <laughs> not mum friendly. Gratuitous bush. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Making up um, for the short first segment. <laughs> uh the the if they if they stick to it and continue on that for the entire thing, I think it'll be something really unique coming out. And if they Be- if they just go whole hog and not worry about offending people, and then it could Agreed. be something super unique that comes out. It was you know the what studio, it me of? studio behind it a bit not uh, I'll look it up. I'm gonna not mainstream. Yeah, yeah. I'll have not a look. sure, but you know what it reminded me of the the jaw when he when he had the tongue hanging out. And he t- so so the only reason. It, so for those who haven't seen it, and one go and watch it. Hmm. But um, mainly it was Red Band because the Toxic Avenger takes a swing with some sort of staff, some sort of it's magical. His, st- it's his. It's his. Uh, mop, his mop. But it's but yeah. it looks it's it's been made to look like some sort of yeah. like toxified. Anyway. Yeah. So mm. he takes a swipe and and he just takes the guy's jaw clean off and you end up with like a this tongue hanging out and this just missing bottom jaw. It reminded me of um, we've seen that kind of stuff in uh, that 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 what's the fucking zombie show that we've all watched and stopped watching Walking Dead. Dead. Walking Dead. Thank you. So we've all seen that kind of gratuitous violence before, like a ripping kind of jaw off kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it almost reminded me of um, uh, uh, Army of Darkness in its. 80s piss takiness. Like it doesn't take itself at all seriously. And if we get mm. another Army of Darkness style movie mm. now, I'm fucking loving it. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> Appropriate um, shirt for that comment. Just, have you have you guys seen the 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 shot of uh, Elijah Wood in this? No, I didn't know no. he was in it. Elijah Wood's in it and he plays, I think he's like the CEO of like the toxic company that's like, you know, <laughs> creates him. But he's gone full Gollum. He's like he's like a cross between Penguin and Gollum. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's yeah, a I crazy look. It. Yeah, that is that is very Penguin. Yeah, it's it's Penguin cross Gollum. Kevin Bacon's Fuck. in this. I can't wait. Holy this shit! Yeah, right. Hmm. Um, that's. I mean, Elijah Wood was he was the main character. He's playing Weird Al Yankovic, isn't he? In no, Weird? that's um, no, that's Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, sorry, you're right. It is Daniel yep. Radcliffe. You're right. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Second trailer. Uh, dream scenario. This. I don't. I don't know what to make of this. This is a a film with Nick Cage in it. 
where he is appearing in he's a he looks like a, a some sort of high school professor teacher of some kind and he starts appearing in people's dreams yes and and shoots to stardom as a result of appearing in everyone's dreams sorry the toxic avenger is being made by legendary entertainment famously made interstellar the dark knight yeah. uh june yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's not yeah, so it's so not not, a, not yeah. mainstream yeah Oh, well, go. every like you put Elijah Wood Toxic Avenger, and it's just in in the images, other than what he actually looks like in the movie. Mm. It's uh, everybody saying that um, that he's playing the Toxic he's Avenger. He's playing Toxic Avenger. Yeah, it must yeah. have been just an early rumor when he when he signed when he on signed to the on. movie. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no, no, yeah. it's the it's the Dinkleberries. It's the Dinkleberries. <laughs> so, um, yeah, dream scenario. So, uh, Nick Cage offbeat just looks like he's having a bit of fun. To be honest, this it's- looks. A, like similar vein to um, Donnie Darko. Well, uh, yes, yeah, no, sorry, man. I'm in terms of Nick Cage movies uh, to the one with Pedro Pascal. That I can't remember the, the unthinkable uh, massive talent, the unbearable weight of massive talent. I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's, you're gonna. I, still have, I know. I know. I need to. That's I definitely need. a few years deep tonight. movie. Yeah, um, but that kind of vibe of like some parts of it, he definitely takes seriously, but other parts, just it's Nick Cage having fun. <laughs> Just having a fun old time, making films, which is what he does and he loves. Probably but this he, one won't be as self-aware as that one is, but yeah, I got the yeah. same kind of vibe, yeah. Um, and, and we're straight into the next trailer, which is Butcher's Crossing, also starring Nick Cage, and could not be more different. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, wow. That, so this, uh, that, is, yeah. this is Red Dead Redemption style period piece in the wild, wild west, hunting the last of the buffalo, skinning them all, and clearly, he's an unhinged fucking serial killer to boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, super unhinged. The way they shot really that trailer or cut that trailer, I probably should say, of the um, cutting of the beat to the way they were hammering in the bullets was perfect. I loved that. Yeah. That really sold it to me. Um, yeah, definitely got a bit of Revenant vibe. To yeah, it. I was just going to say that. Um, yeah. And Revenant was another beautifully shot cinematic masterpiece. Yeah. Without needing to upgrade my TV to a whole cinema. Yeah. Fuck you, Villeneuve. Um, and and it seems very similarly shot in this. So I'd, yeah. I'd actually be interested to see if there's any crossover in in cinematographers or directors. Mm. Anyway, but, so two Nick Cage films back-to-back getting a trailer in the same week is quite unusual. Yeah, particularly loaded like that shot at the end of the trailer, the second one, where it was just it's Nick Cage in there slightly unhinged looking and just slightly slow shave <laughs> yeah. of shaving the head. his head I with a like, fucking cutthroat. Oh, Christ. Okay, we're all going to die. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. This is going to be a ring scenario. He's going to come through the TV and just. (laughs) Bye bye, Tom. See you later. I got it. Just shivers the first time that chick crawled crawled through the TV. Sorry. You've you've got to you've got to give the man credit. Like he he he's all of a sudden become this cult. Not I shouldn't say all of a sudden. That's the same. No, it's a slow burn. It, It was a slow burn, and then just. Like incredibly becomes this cult icon where everybody embraces his weirdness, and he's gone. <laughs> yep, thanks, guys. You know who I am. Cha-ching, and he's just going to fucking cash in on it. And it's, it's, like, about, look- it's about ten ten years ago is when he really, really started. People going, oh no, no, he's like cult good worthy. Like, yeah, like we, we, you know yeah. what? I, if I, I honestly. And you may not agree, but the or, or, or well agree with the parallel or see the parallel 
But if Jim Carrey hadn't disappeared off the face of the earth, I actually think that Jim Carrey could have ended up in the same situation as Nick Cage. No, I can see that. Yeah. If you, if you look at like movies like The Number 23, yeah. where he finally demonstrated that guy was capable of way more than just off-the-hook comedy mm. and he was a scarily good, scary character and yeah, then and he just quit Hollywood. Eternal, shun, shun, bleh, eternal, eternal sunshine, sunshine of a spotless, spotless mind. mind. Like you start, you bring those sort of things into it. But I mean, he he checked out on the whole Hollywood machine. So yes, he did. That's that's the thing. And the scene, it, and and I guess that might play into the difference here, where Nick Cage has gone. He yeah, used I'm, the Hollywood I'm, machine. Yeah, yeah. I'm but not it's, playing it's the, to the beat of your drum. I'm paying to the the beat of Nick Cage's uh, Nick Cage. Cage Nick Cage drum. Great and musician, just, but not the guy. Um, yeah, yeah. And, I, I, he and used they, the and, machine. You're right. Yeah, and and it's. It feels like that rather than him bending to their will, yeah, they've they played to his to rules. His will, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. So, totally. Oh, Holly, Hollywood's run by Nick Cage. It's a, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> if everyone will just turn and look yeah. at my whiteboard here, I'll explain <laughs> it in full. <laughs> it's a six degrees as Kevin Bacon. I've got um, a lot best of, crazy oh, person room I've ever seen. Tom I've got a lot of red string. A lot of. Red string <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch Happy Season Two? No, I haven't, I haven't no. started oh, any of Happy man. yet. Oh, man. The fucking, he walks in and his old detective partner has the the, the string board that you're talking about. Yeah. But mm. it grows across the four rooms of the, the four walls of the room. <laughs> wow. And he's ducking under them and he's like, this is the best crazy person room I've ever seen. <laughs> it's fucking great. See, it I, just, always just, I always cut to I that image. Happy. Of- I'd never watched that second. Oh, I didn't second realize season. Second season. Second, second season. One, yeah. Second season goes off the wall. Like yeah, you've got right. to, you've got to be prepared for some fucking weird shit. Like season one had some weird shit, but season yeah. two double it, down. It dials it up. Yeah, and oh, I don't know what his name is. The dude from fucking Law and Order. Um, he just uh, he just plays that that drunk, crazy PI that's lost yeah. everything so well. It's, and it's just it's, Christopher it's, Maloney. Yeah. It's the apex of that stereotype. Yeah, because it's it such was, a recognizable archetype character. Yeah, it was it was the it was the role that he was born to play. Yes, and if he yeah. never does anything again, that man needs to win an Oscar for that role because <laughs> it's fucking great. It's one of the well, best I, roles put to put to film. I, I would I would I would pretty confidently say that he was born to ro- play that role after playing such a straight detective. Yeah, for, for so many years. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, we're we're moving on. I'm I'm pushing us forward. It's uh yeah, we got another ten minutes out of those. Uh, so Doctor Who sixtieth anniversary trailer. Did you watch that, Dan? I know I did. Tom he, did. Yeah. He sent it to us, didn't he? Oh, did, it was yeah, your, I, yeah, it was you me. Sent it. Yeah. Sorry, my my apologies. I that, said that's a I Hollywood said to, fucking trailer. I said to Pete, was Michael Bay involved at any point in the film? Of this because there were a lot of explosions, a lot of yeah. If you oh, if you watched and were a fan of the David Tennant. Uh, Russell Day is it Russell? I get, hey, yeah, this is your Russell T Davies. Man. Don't it's Russell questions. T Davies. It's it, Russell T Davies wrote and, and directed. Um, you can you can fact check me in the background, but um, if you're going to harken back to those episodes, this was the trailer that calls back all of that, like an epic drama, like the heyday of Doctor Who uh, relaunch was David Tennant with uh, Doctor Donna. And I, I say Dr. Donna specifically because it's a reference back to those episodes where she Just essentially like Donna. I never liked the actress. I, I still I don't. I, yeah. 
Catherine oh, Tate. Right. I don't know. I've never yeah. liked Catherine Tate, and yep. I'm sure there are many people who love Catherine Tate. And no, she's an icon UK. in the UK. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I, I don't I'm get not, it. I'm not in the UK, so uh, no. no. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it was such a miss compared to like the the actress they chose to play River Song was such a such a hit. But yeah, but nevertheless, the characters the characters' importance it, it was almost. I, I found her annoying. But I think she was designed to be annoying as a oh, character, the way, yeah, the as way a counterpoint. The yeah, yeah. But it was, a, but it was a counterpoint to Rose because yes. Rose had just fallen in love with the Doctor. The Doctor had find, found kind of a, a a a loophole so that he could go and be with her as an alternate version of himself in an in an alternate universe. And they needed a counterpoint to falling in love with the fucking because then they had I can't remember um, the character's name, but they had the. The African the doctor, English, the doctor, yeah, the doctor who was with the doctor, Probably. yeah, and she was in love with him, and he wasn't interested because he he was still getting over Rose, um, and and I think they needed Catherine Tate to come in just as a counterpoint to say this is asexual, this relationship is a hundred percent platonic, and she actually made that comment a few times to reinforce that. Mm. So to to bring her back for the sixtieth anniversary with him, and the epic fucking explosions, as you said, Michael Bay. I just like I got shivers watching the fucking trailer. It very much reminded me. I was waiting for the master. Uh, I can't remember the the the, uh, the really bad frosting hair version of the master to yeah. pop up with the. Can you hear the drums? Martha Jones. Martha Jones. Martha Jones. So yes, um, Neil, Patrick Neil Patrick Harris. Harris? Yeah, yeah. Choice. Very very good bad guy. Uh, I mean, he he's his bad guys. Like I I love a million ways to die in the West. And, and his, I'm watching Orville and, right now, and I just yeah. finished the the uh, episode with Charlize Theron, and it's very million ways to die in the oh, West. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. I haven't watched Great much episode. of uh, much of Orville, but I I, sh- I should. But Neil Patrick Harris and his quirky villains. He's a great I think Count he- Olaf in um, <laughs> yeah. that series. What is it? Yeah, yeah, the kids series. Oh, this beer oh, is spectacular! Uh, the um, series of unfortunate events. Yes. That that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never saw him. I only saw the the movie with uh, with with Jim Carrey in that role. So, ah. but Neil Neil Patrick Harris is seems to be born to play the 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 quirky villainous man in the, those those sort of movies because it just, reminds me of the Monopoly guy. Into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just he's just <laughs> just needs a monocle and he had tails and all the rest yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's great. I love him, I, and I'm so glad he's found his thing. Like having his niche. been the child star, it, he could have quite easily have fallen out after Doogie Howser, um, and he, he did for a while. He did. Uh, he disappeared but, for a long time. Yeah, but um, having, except, except for that, the perfect role he had in Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never the forget. brain bug guy. Yeah, yeah um, but just to just to just to fall into the his. Uh, but also his- to escape the 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 ugliness of well, surrounding how I met your mother because that that was a massive hit and then suddenly with the start of the at the very beginning of the woke movement it was utterly rejected for oh, the misogynistic sh- shit it was oh because of Barney 
because of the whole fucking series, really. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of stuff in there that look. I I thoroughly enjoy the series, but it's on the nose for a lot of people. People who used to it's like also it. Also got one of the worst fucking endings in the oh, it's terrible series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's it's Game of Thrones ending. Yeah, it's oh, Game of Thrones uh, last yeah. season After level. All that shit, and then you're getting fucking that. Yeah, yeah. dog. So I'm 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 really looking forward to this. I'm assuming it's a two hour it's a one movie. Shot. Uh, I don't know actually. Episode. Didn't look that up. Didn't look up. Yeah, all it should be. So I, we're still I, talking about Doctor Who here, people. We got a little sidetrack there, but yeah. uh, it's the it's, because it, we've known each other so long, we're straight on the same wavelength straight away. Yeah, um, it's a, they they've I haven't watched it, but they've actually released on YouTube the clip of uh, Jodie Foster uh, three, regenerating three to Tenet. Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. Jodie Foster. Fuck. Yeah, no, Jody she's Whittaker. still stuck in contact. I just did a you, Pete. I just did a you. <laughs> Throw yeah, in the last still, name of another Jody person. Foster, Jodie Foster's yeah. still got the night vision goggles on going through the Buffalo Bill's uh, basement. Just oh, no. <laughs> while Goodbye I, Horses plays yeah. in the background. <laughs> I thought she was stuck with the aliens trying to get back. Yeah. Um, that was a terrible ending to that movie. Um, yeah, I have not seen the regen. I'm actually really interested in where they go next because well, you do they- see N- Nakuti. Yeah, so they obviously then regen from Tenant to Nakuti for is the continuation name? of the series in Nakuti. I want to say it is Nakuti, but I'm not 100% sure. And Nakuti sure or Gatwa? Type, okay. type, type quicker. He was being yeah. the 15th Doctor. Yeah, yeah, so they show him at the end. And yeah, they do. He, he looks good. He looks good. Yeah, yeah he looks good. Yeah. They've picked there's a good style be, there's for there's him. There's going to be so. three, three episodes, apparently. Title The Star Beast, Wild Blue Yonder, and The Giggle. There's going to be the three episodes with, with Tenet for the 60th Tenet. anniversary. Fuck yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. so glad okay. it's not just one. Oh, there um, we go. Peter's excited. Fuck oh, yeah. Oh, I'm it looks excited. good. And, and, and I haven't to, watched to bring, Doctor Who for years. To, oh, to so, bring uh, Tenet. Pete, I, think, and, I think the Doctor Who band's been lifted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, when you, when you think about it, like it went off and people stopped watching it. And the best way to resurrect a show that used to be really popular and suddenly isn't is bring back everyone that was fucking popular. So they brought back the writer slash director. They brought back the actors. Like yeah. if if this can't re if this can't re-energize the series, then just kill it. Yeah, that's my opinion. look. I I I think Peter Capaldi is a great actor, but I didn't enjoy his it. Doctor, and that's where it started loose. And then I couldn't. But I don't because, think it was him, and we've talked about this. Yeah, I but I don't know. That was the, that was the yeah. But there was the start of the beginning, like when beginning I started. End. Yeah, when I started losing interest in him as a doctor, then I couldn't jump on board with Jody, which is unfair on Jody. I um, agree. Yeah, I, I, but I, I I think it was actually it was a bit of fatigue. It was a bit of fatigue more from. Yeah, I don't know. Just the 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 way they handled Capaldi's doctor was, it didn't feel in any way. Fluid and for, it was he, very stop starty in a bit. He, just, he seemed to I, not, they couldn't yeah. figure out who they wanted him to be because yeah, I got exactly, the impression that's what that I was they, trying to get to. Yeah, I, I got the impression that they injected him with a goal, and I think the goal was the, the right goal, by the way. And that was because you, you had Tennant into Smith, and Smith really did portray a uh, haunted Doctor very well. Yeah, he wasn't angry; he was sad about being the last and about all of his loss. And they really did play on that towards the end, particularly exploring his death and his resurrection and River Mm. Song, his daughter, his wife. And then to move into Capaldi through the 50th anniversary, by the way, 
because yeah. they did that massive episode yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. I think Capaldi was designed to be the angry doctor that was like, fuck you, universe, I deserve better than this. And it started off quite well in that space and just yeah, the angry ran out of steam like, really too quickly. Yeah, the angry in sense of like, I was meant to finish, but I'm not finished. I'm back and I'm- It was the entitlement yeah. that just yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. play I'm, out Yeah, well. exactly, yeah. And then it, I just, I just, I really, I really feel bad for like Jodie Comer. Had a, she was, Whittaker? she was Did direction. Jodie Jodie Whittaker. It was, <laughs> that, Damn it! I've done a Pete now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's on a Pete, but Pete. Um, she that her series was, or her two or three seasons, two seasons, two were seasons, just think, yeah. directionless. She didn't yes. have an identity yeah. or a strong yeah. one. But the, the, well, that's the problem is that the Jodie's big thing was overcoming being the first female doctor. That was the biggest hurdle for her to get But past it didn't first. need to be. It didn't, no, 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 they, no. And this, but this is also coming off the, the back of Peter Capaldi's seasons yeah, where yeah. he- He was the older. Mm, no, he wasn't. He wasn't the oldest yeah, doctor. But, but what was he? Like, as a doctor, like, that was, I think that's the thing. So, if, like, you needed, if anything, you needed Jodie to come before- As a palate cleanser. You needed Jodie to come after Matt Smith and, like, kind of come in as, like, this is fresh, and then yeah. maybe go to Peter. Like it's maybe just a, a case of like. But I don't think again. I don't think it's. Order. Don't think it's about the the actors or the gender of those actors. I actually mm. think it's the writing lost writers. its way. No, no, but it's, I think it's also in the direction to of the way they were the taking identity. the doctor. The way they were yeah. taking the doctor was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the showrunner. Anyway, and I completely, need- I, I completely agree as well, just because I watched uh, about four or five episodes into Capaldi, uh, and I loved Matt Smith. Maybe I watched. A fair bit of tenant, uh, but then mm. Matt Smith absolutely drew me in. And I know the idea is to do go in a different direction, but you still yeah. need to be compelling in the stories that you're yes. telling yeah. to to drive the people. And if you're going to change the doctor actually quite drastically when he regens, mm. he, when they regen, yep. whether it's a him or a her, uh, then you need to you need to have the stories to back it up and yeah, you need 100%. to make yeah. it compelling enough for people to want to care about this new Doctor. But they didn't reconnect. So, And, and I think the thing that they missed, and I, I don't know how we ended up with a spotlight about Doctor Who just randomly, but <clears throat> I think, I think well, they Pete, missed- it's been about 60 years since you've been allowed to discuss it. So <laughs> like, gonna, I think it's fair enough. Oh, no. I accidentally <laughs> did. I didn't oh, that's it. the nitro. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's, but it's, uh, they missed a trick because- he had David Tennant had mentioned that he'd been a woman before and that he had mothered children. He didn't mm. just have kids. He mm. had been a mother to children. Mm. Yep. And I think they really missed a beat where Jodie's character could have reconnected to say, I haven't been a woman for, you know, five regens or ten regens or, you know, I miss being a mother. I, I don't know. They could have reconnected in some really feministic way. Well, feministic, carry- not feminism. But do you know what I mean? Like they could have connected yeah. that way. yeah. And I think they missed. Um, it was just poor writing. It was just, yeah. hey, look at us. We put a woman in. It's like, no, but you, like, now empower her. It's it's not enough just to cast a woman. You need to actually write it into the write story the as to why that's compelling and interesting and, and empowering. And anyway, The problem was- is now that they probably won't go back to that now for I actually good- think now, so so Nakuti, Nakuti's obviously a guy, but I'm fairly certain He's a gay guy in real life, a gay actor. He's in and if, um, sex education is his big role. And if he, well, and, and I, I don't know where I got that from. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. But if he is quite a feminine, uh, quite a, a feminine guy, I actually think they could androgenize the character a little better if they explore it properly. 
And Russell T Davies is uh, a very big advocate for um, diversity and for equalization of, of gay rights, particularly in the UK. That's actually what he went off to do after he left. I mean, he did Torchwood, which was very much on that mm. in that vein, and then went off to do other stuff that's in that like away from from TV shows. So let's watch they, this bo- space then. Like, it's, yeah. it's just see 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 what happens and come back to it. I just want them to con- go back to the days where they were exploring what it was to be human. It was quite existential, mm. and that's what made it compelling. And I think but this is why he got banned from talking about Doctor Who. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix anime. Let's go. Yes, Uh, there was actually, I only put in two here um, that I thought were the most most applicable to us, Uh, but Netflix actually dropped like six or seven uh, anime trailers recently um, for series. So there's one for Devil May Cry, which is another game series. Um, There was another Castlevania. Uh, There were two or three others. There was one actually that I... Probably should have included. It was um, more samurai focused, but it was from James Mangold. Apparently, had a role in the creation of the story because um, it came up as like from the director of Logan, not using the Fox voice, but you know, uh, in, in that same sense. Um, but yeah, so this Tomb Raider is a continuation of the reboot Tomb Raider series. So we're talking the 2013 uh, story where it's they Lara Croft is no longer the just polygonal boobs and butt running around with twin guns thing. This is the one bow and arrows stranded on the island. I don't know if it's like a retelling the of two the- two rock style. Yeah, yeah, but it's the more realistic one. And that's the one they made the movie about if you watch the- there was the movie version. So yeah. it's based around that that Square Enix um, version of the games. Um, but it's- uh, Lara is now voiced by Hayley Atwell, who you will know as Peggy Carter um, uh, from the Captain America films. Uh, so yeah, it's it, but it's the same kind of style as uh, it's slightly different. It's not the same studio um, behind it as say like the Castlevania. So it's slightly different animation, which is cool. Looks um, cool. Yeah, it looks really really good. Um, but it's it's a little it's you can just kind of tell with like the, the the outlining like of the the pen strokes on on the way the characters are drawn. It's just like this one for me. It's a weird description to use, but it's a little bit hazier. It's not mm. as clear cut as, say, Castlevania is. Castlevania is very mm. down the line cut. This is like a little bit more soft. Soft focus is probably a better term to use in film rather than hazy. You tell what I've been drinking. Um, <clears throat> it's beer. Uh, and then the second one I'm was uh, they're continuing the He-Man uh, Netflix, uh, which we knew they were going to do. Yeah. So this is a continuation. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> I actually did. I, t- I, t- I, t- I, t- I told you guys I went back and finally finished. Uh, the second part of that series. It's starting to look a lot more like the original series, though. This seems like it's going back towards more of the original one. Like, the 80s. Yeah. yeah, this is the clip of it's... So it's 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 post the the reboot thing we've watched, Revelations. It's mm. still called He-Man Revelations, and then it's... Oh, a, it's Revolution a, now. Re- no, Revolution. no, 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 wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've, you had the, the Kevin Smith version. Yeah. Which was the, which is- the two seasons. Or the yeah. split season, whatever you want to call but it. But there was also a side-running other version of He-Man. Is this not that one? This isn't the Kevin Smith version. This, this looks the- this looks like a derivative of the Kevin Smith version. Yeah, no, I no, took no. this it- as a as a thing of that because it's. I don't know. I haven't you, watched that other you, one. Yeah. Uh, okay. You guys keep keep going. Well, you on. look it up. Yeah. Just because it was in the clip we saw, it's 
the same skeleton dude who appeared at the end of the second and the- second part of the the Kevin Smith one, mm. and uh, the king knows that Prince Adam is He Man. That's yeah. where I took it from. Yeah, but yeah. And it's got the same. It's got the same sheen. Like the 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 art style mm. is very Kevin Smith series. Yeah. And uh, the uh, his his mate. What's his mate's name? I can't remember. It starts with R. Um, he's he's wearing that almost mech suit, like almost Iron Man suit. Well, that's meant to be. His, that's his dad. That's the king. In that little clip we see. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, oh. they've they've dropped heaps, which is which I I I quite like a lot of the um the way that Netflix has done the anime series and especially like the stories they're telling. So I'm interested to see what they come out with these ones. It's funny you uh, say that because I don't turn Netflix on anymore. Like unless it's a specific Netflix movie, like I'll go. I'm I'm maintaining my subscription for things like um uh Rebel Moon, but apart yeah, from okay. that, yeah. or all the latest uh. Uh, Tom, is it Tom Secluder? Uh, stand-up comedy show. But outside of that? Yeah. Well, maybe this is, you know, a better, you know, it's another way to use your... Tom Segura, sorry. I know a Tom Secluder. And I always get those two names mixed up. Tom Segura. Um, moving on, your little announcement trailer. That little teaser trailer. Oh, yeah. Little game trailer. Tales of the Shire. This looks delightful. It's it- relaxing. I don't know what it's going to be. It doesn't There's look like anything at the moment. No, it's just, just it's it's a fe- it's a feeling. It's it's a you know it's no, it's yeah the music really state. the the music really derives that feeling. But it's um, a combination between the um, project division and Weta Workshop, which is important. Yes, the fact you're that Weta's involved. Right. You're absolutely right. Boom. But yes, called Tales of the Shire. Don't know what it's going to be. It could as be as something as like. Um, as long as uh, it's not just another cash in, we've seen too many of those recently. Yes, yes. Don't get me started on uh, Gimli sending people back to Moria. Why the fuck would he? Uh, makes no bloody sense. <laughs> um, but uh, no, no. This this looks like it's. Um, it could potentially be like a. This would be the perfect time for a game to be a walking simulator. Like I don't know if you remember, I played those games like Welcome to the Rapture, we're, and we're about to get into my walking simulator. <laughs> yeah, but if you just have to go about your daily, it's, if it's Sims in the Shire. Sign me up. Sign me the fuck up. I totally see it. I wouldn't play it, but I get it. Yeah. Sorry, I just want to touch back on the He-Man thing. It does sound like it's a follower, follower, following upon the hit Masters of the Universe Revelation. This is an all-new story in the battle for Eternia, Masters of the Universe Revolution. It doesn't seem like Kevin Smith's involved, but I will keep reading this article and I will get back to you, talk about the Shire. And I said- We're done with that. Oh, well, I mean, on the Shire thing, like I said, smoke a bunch of weed and just Ooh, yeah. if it's if it's a uh, Stardew Valley. Your love of the half has clearly slowed your mind. Yeah, definitely <laughs> has. I'm happy with that. I don't know if you read that on the back of the uh the Dungeons of Dankness can as well, but they said and the cheeky hint of the halfling's leaf. <laughs> that, that gets it a five, baby. That's all fives. <laughs> gets it to five. All right. That's well, great. Are we doing beer four? Are we jumping I think we in are now? doing beer four. Yeah, I am pouring. Um, I will in? talk about mine then. Go I fucked mine up, so. Oh, you dirty dog. We saw. Uh, so I'm drinking Ooh. Dangerous Ales Double Bock. Double Bock. It is great. 
seven percent, which is pretty low for a double, to be honest. But uh, it's in the it's in the sweet spot in terms of the flavor profile. Um, It's a lovely tawny brown, like a, um, and it's just the right amount of malt for me. Like it's it's just beautiful. It's still got quite a lot of hop in it. Um, but it's kind of like the it's the resin without the without the citrus notes that you get out of a typical IPA, uh, and then like the malt just really shines through. It's got a lot of toffee mm-hmm. and caramel character to it. Uh, it's it's it distinguishes itself from being a red with that because it doesn't have much bitterness at all. I'm a bit pissy now actually, now that I'm slurring my way through the the review. Um, no, th- this is a great fucking. Double bark. Enjoying this thoroughly. I've I've checked out. Like this is totally zoned me out. Uh, bye, Pete. <laughs> this is what we want just before the spotlight. Pete's yeah. checking out. <laughs> this is where it usually ends up, Tom. I don't know why he's checking out. He's checking. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give that a four and a half. That's 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 lovely. Excellent. Hmm. Really chewy, chewy toffee. Yeah, double box. I mean, that's that should be where they fall. Mm. Yeah, sort of high high residual sugar. Yeah. Oh, Tom's got a red. Is that a double red IPA? Not double, but it's red. What are you drinking, Tom? Oh, 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 oh! Hello, uh, I'm drinking uh, one drop Madzilla. And I picked this up because of the can <laughs> and the style. It's a red IPA, Ooh, 6.2%, but that is a zombified Godzilla, Godzilla. on the can. <laughs> In a desert and, wasteland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, could you make a can that is more to my liking? I don't know. Um, I'm sure you could, but that, yeah, really drew me in. Um so this is a red IPA. It has a base of fine NZ ale malts plus the addition of five specialty grains. Uh, they've used new U.S. hops, which is why I also picked this for, to, for recording, um, Sequoia and Lorien. Dan nods his head knowingly. That is good. Um, and I this is the bit- them and don't know what their flavour profile is, but I have heard of them, yes. And this is the bit that interested me when I, I did pick up the can instantly because of the label, then I read the back. Um, they fermented out with a hybrid lager ale yeast. Um, and it is, as you can see from my rack, it's ooh, 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 ooh. There's just, there's a lot going on. Um, it's not your classic kind of resinous toffee red IPA. There's like, there is that bready lagerness like coming through at the back and then there's more coming through. It's like a nice spiciness. Almost like they've, I don't know if they used any rye in it, but there's like a nice rye spiciness coming through, um, which is really quite sharp. And it's sitting really right at the back of my throat currently. And it's like I'm trying not to cough through it. It's like almost like, oh, there's a needle in the back of my throat. It's like Mm. that kind of sharp. But then, um, oh, it just came back. Oh, yeah, there's a, this, that is citrus, (laughs) really citrusy on on the regurge. but it was kind of malted, uh, malted, muted at the start. Um, this is this is super interesting. Um, yeah, it's they say malty meets bitter. That's yeah, 
there is a lot of bitterness in that. I can I can definitely see that. But it's yeah, that sharp wryness is really just sitting. If I were just a cross section, it's right there, right there, and it's not in a bad way. <laughs> it's like it's just it's really present. It's really present. Um, I don't know if anyone can look up. I'm not looking up. Uh, if anyone can see if it did add any Ryan and if they added that there, who knows? Um, what Nick's done? He's he's. Crazy. Do you look it up? Okay, I shall. But yeah, it also like it's. It's not super boozy. It's quite quite pleasant. It's um, like I really like. If you don't, if oh, if you don't like bitter beers, you're probably not going to enjoy this. If you want more of that, like coffee, uh, toffee, caramel note from your red, your like, which has a little bit of, like that sweetness to it, you're not going to get it from this. It's real, real bitter, which is pushing up that score. That's a four point seven five. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's also, also doesn't say. Okay. Um, say if there's any rye. It does say at the end here, Madzilla is not the enemy. He is protector of the balance. Okay, okay chill, chill out, out, Dr. Ichiro. Yeah. So the description on Untapped is exactly what's on the back of the can. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's that's really, really good. And great, great design as well. Um, nice little shiny red can. Yeah. I will. Yeah, I'll go digging, see if I can find if I've got some rye in it. That spice. Woo! It's a spicy <laughs> metabolic. Uh, anyway, Dan. Man, I fucked up. Uh, oh, oh. I fucked up. Mm. So I got this because these guys are my 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 current favorite brewery to try anything new they've got coming out because everything I've had from them is a hit. Uh, and I fucked up. I fucked up. Oh. I fucked up. We know. I don't uh, know if you said you fucked up enough. Have you yeah, fucked up? Yeah, Molly Rose. Crowd. Yeah. The, the crowd goes mild. Uh, they have a, an enormous pink thing on the front to say, shake it before you open, dickhead. Oh, dear. Uh, and the dickhead didn't shake it before he opened, so. Have you got a second glass? You can you can potentially save it if you, you glass pour into glass pour. No, you can't. The nitrogen's gone. So those playing Because it sits on the top? Yeah, so nitrogen is incredibly insoluble. So you need to like even because they they liquid nitrogen dose, so they drop a, a a drop of liquid nitrogen into the can just before it's sealed. So it's not enough time for the 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 gas then to escape to, to because it needs to first transfer back to being a gas before it, it needs can to escape. transfer exactly. So you drop you drop transmute. A, a, I don't know what a, the right word is there. Yeah, that's probably the right word. It 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 you drop the liquid nitrogen in. They're called liquid nitrogen droppers. Uh, you drop one in just before it hits the uh, the, the seal and uh, gets seamed up, uh, and that is that true the, for all li- uh, for all nitro beers? No, in so packaged? Gin- no, so Guinness uh, Guinness Kilkenny they have the um, the copyright on the widget, which is the. Do they uh, still use them anymore for the Australian cans? I have absolutely no idea. I can't remember the last time I drank a Guinness can. Honestly, I will. I will find out. I will do yeah. that. I will put my hand up to do that research if I need to go get a Guinness. So, so, so Guinness. <laughs> so, so obviously Guinness packaged as nitro. It's it's probably the most common nitro beer out there, right? Yes. Yeah, so they they in have a of widget package. in there, which is a as a nitrogen uh, a nitrogen package within the cap. Mm. Not entirely sure how it works, but when you crack mm. it, the nitrogen's released into the liquid, and then you pour it, okay. and you have to pour it straight away. Nitrogen is notoriously, not notoriously, chemically 
in very insoluble in comparison to carbon dioxide. Uh, there's a lot of zeros in front of it compared to carbon dioxide to how soluble it is. So when they put nitrogen into cans, you need to we've done we've covered this before. I've fucked mm. it up. Tom's poured it really well. Pete, I can't remember whether you've done nitrogens yeah, and I done have. either way. And I've probably fucked up some and gotten others right. So yeah. So you need to agitate. I've the got liquid. a foot in both cans. You've got to you've got to agitate the gas with the liquid uh, before you pour it. So you mm. you you reabsorb quickly the the gas with the the liquid uh, before you crack the can. I crack the can without shaking it at all, which means instantly that all that the nitrogen little... just escaped into the atmosphere. Exactly, and it has a distinct sound to it too. So as soon as I cracked it, it's and really, it didn't sound like a CO two pop. It's a long, I was like, oh, it's man. a long gas release. Uh, but it's it, longer than a CO2. It's, it's and it's almost like a pop. It's it's but it's a higher pitch too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, as soon as I cracked it, I'm like, ah, oh, fucked up. <laughs> Especially uh, when so you said before you had a nitro beer. Yeah, mm. um, and there's no saving it once the nitrogen's gone. There's no saving it. So, um, I'm not going to rate this because it's not the product it should be. Yep. I'm very much enjoying it. It's an English mild. Sorry, didn't even talk about the style of beer. It's an English mild. Which means it's a uh, a wonderful three and a half percent dark, multi, yeah, mildly chocolatey, nutty, mild, and I love milds. And Australians don't make them because it doesn't suit our weather, uh, but I I really enjoy them. So I was really excited to try this, and then I screwed it up. So let's uh, say the uh, the Cooper's Brewery disagrees that they don't. No one makes a mild, you know. Yeah, I don't think their their mild's not a mild though. I'll have to have another one. Uh, you do, one you do the Cooper's mild research. I'll do the Guinness research. We'll uh, okay. we'll confer we'll, back we'll on the meet in the middle. We'll, we'll recon- yeah, reconfer. Yeah, and okay. Pete, you can just drink whatever you want. Yeah, Free I'm rain. I'm just chilling, man. I'm in a good 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 headspace. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get on with our spotlight. I think it's yep. the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, another great idea from Dan is just come back from eleven weeks of gallivanting around the fucking world. I'm sure uh, it to, wasn't 11 weeks. but I'm yeah. sure it wasn't, but it felt like <laughs> a long time for us. Very expensive um, holiday. <laughs> to, to drop another fucking great spotlight idea. So we've run through game mechanics and games that we love. Uh, so good game mechanics and what makes a, a good game great. Uh, and I thought it would be interesting. So Tom just platinumed uh, Skyrim. Oh, so- spoilers. That was saving that for while you're winning, son. I thought you did that last time. Didn't you do know. that last nah, time? No, he uh, did that on chat in like yes. 11 different channels. Oh, His Discord, he's running it on bathroom walls in well, public toilets everywhere. Pete can bleep this out and then people can have no, no idea what this no, part no, of the no, conversation's no. about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I jumped back into Skyrim on my PC. I reinstalled it a little while ago, dropped a whole bunch of mods on it and decided to jump back in and play it as well because he'd re-inspired me to play it. I got about five, six, seven hours in and actually discovered how much the fast travel within that game really hurts the immersion of the game. There's parts of it that I feel hurt the immersion, but I've downloaded a mod that I'll talk about in Un- Are You Winning Sun called Open Cities, which I think incredibly helps the immersion. Yep. Um, oh, but yeah, that, then I, I agree with that one, yeah. I then hit the uh, the the... What's the, the the house building downloadable content, Tom? Hearthfire. Hearth, Hearthfire. I hit that content and I started to build the house and I was standing at the construction table of the house 
and I needed more lumber. So I opened the map and I fast traveled to the lumber shop, bought more lumber. I opened the map and I fast traveled back. back to the house. And then I kept doing that and I just, I had enough other resources. Welcome to Starfield. Yeah. And so Pete, well, so welcome we'll, to we'll Bethesda. <laughs> so we'll cover that. And yeah. I just, I thought that really hurt my experience with building the house because it didn't then force me to move to an area to then fast travel. I think, I think The Witcher 3 kind of nails that fast travel, but world balance. activity. Yeah. That so let's just let's there. be clear, but you're not saying that fast travel is a bad game mechanic. It's just no. you think no, it can be used better. I think it could ruin to, Skyrim. Yeah, I think it can be reconstructed better to something similar to a Witcher content where you need you have to, go, to go to a point. You have to go to a point. So yep. RDR does the same thing with its yep. um each each village each town has its uh, carriage that you then can fast travel to yep. another town. Um and which has what was the Morrowind Morrowind coaches with well, the the stalker things with the big the long legs. I've never played Morrowind. I'm waiting for oh. um the the Morrowind uh, built the, in the Skyrim the, engine. The, the Neku Neku Leech? No. Yeah, no, something uh, similar. It's, it's yeah, got they, a weird appear, name. It appears in the um Dragonborn DLC. There's one left in this yeah, area. You go yeah, to. right. But yes, yeah, no, I remember so, things. But I the, think the, that's the, something yeah. more interesting than just opening a map and kick, clicking on a location. And I was doing the same thing. Like I needed more mm. quarried stone, and you can't fast travel when you've got when you're overburdened. Silt Sorry. So I was I was at the house. I needed logs, so I'd fast travel to the lumber mill, buy more logs. I'd fast travel back to the home. I need more quarried stone. I'd fast travel to the the quarry where I the the mine where I knew there was a, a, a an unlimited Slipper. stone uh, content. And there was I'd a mine quarry. The stone. There's a stone quarry right next right to the back. house. Is there? Okay. Yeah. There's the- <laughs> oh, I haven't found that one. I did find. No, the- no. In every house you can get in that thing, there's a there's a stone quarry and a clay mine. Like there's a spot right next to each. There's three houses you can build, so you don't have to travel to get. Right, them. I'll have to look for that. I haven't. <laughs> I, have, I haven't found the stone. Oh. Um, but I found some iron in the area, yeah, so yeah, iron yeah, was yeah. fine. Um, and I found the clay too, so yep. the clay was fine. But I just, yeah. I really feel like that hurt my my view on the progression of building the house because I was able to, after seven or eight hours and hitting this content, I was able to just go bang, 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 bang across the across the locations, which were only separated by in-game maybe a kilometer. And I... Oh, it's a big map. Yeah. I, 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 I mean... Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. But, I get what you're saying. You're yeah. 100% what you're saying, yeah. And... I know I could just go, don't use fast travel, but you know, if it's fucking there, I'm going to use it. hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I feel like that hurt my enjoyment of building that house because then now I'm like, oh, fuck it. I don't really care. Like I'm yeah. using it for some storage and bits and pieces and, and it, I have no attachment to it as we're. Oh, and- wait till you build the house that overlooks the lake and then you, you sit on the back porch and watch the aurora <laughs> come over the top and yeah. the secunda yeah. music plays in the background and Jeremy's soul like sweeps through your entire body and you just go, holy shit, I'm in love. But if I'd, if I'd also taken a time within that world to yes. go between and get ambushed by a fucking dragon that just comes out through a random mm. encounter. Like yeah. those sort of things forcing me to run to the 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 the, the loggers yep. and forcing me to run to the mine, even though you say there's 
one right there. But forcing me to do those things would have increased my immersion and devotion to building a singular house. Yeah. Um, and I just felt that broke me a little bit. And that led on to a few thinking about bad mechanics in great games. In well, I think it's, I think it's immer- immersion reducing mechanics in, yes. in great games. Yes, it, and definitely is. And that goes to next to my next one, which was obviously patched out in the, the, the Witcher three enhanced edition was the, the like every game that has a a weapon choice wheel that you can't just quickly switch red between red, yeah red dead definitely red dead and getting through to the All map the GTAs, on red dead yeah 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 those sort of things and the the witcher sign wheel uh so I've talked but about how else do you science. densely pack shitloads of choices into a game like that though i don't, I don't know what the alternative mechanic there is well, I think Red Dead had kind of the well, it had the and on right. a console, I think you got to add in the the limitations of a console and the buttons you can use compared to like a PC layer. Yeah, I've got to say you're right, and and there were some early. Sorry to cut you off there. No, Dan. no, keep going. There, there were some early complaints leveled at Starfield about how complicated the the menu layout is, but mm. given it is a it's essentially a PC game that you have to play with a fucking a, a console controller, they've actually done a really decent job of making the menus intuitive. And if dumb fucks spent 10 seconds looking at the bottom right corner, it tells you press square to go to this menu and press, you know, this to mm. go to this menu. Yeah. It's actually all laid out pretty clearly. So yeah. I, don't, I don't understand why people leveled that complaint at Starfield in particular. It, there's lots of fucking reasons to complain about Starfield, but I don't think the menu system is one of them. I think on uh, on Dan's point there... We'll come back when he comes back. But um, just talking about The Witcher 3, I think um, if we're thinking about the immersion of games and and HUDs, HUD displays are a big thing that a lot of people mm. now in games like to turn off. If they really want to immerse into a game, you completely turn off the HUD. You, um, But I think The Witcher had the Witcher 3 definitely had one of the most perfect balance ways of, of using a HUD for... Yep unless you really wanted to go that kind of hardcore thing where when you were traveling, it disappeared. If you were just running around, like the HUD, the HUD would slowly fade out. Into yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I think that's one of the best mechanisms for a HUD that has been used. Yeah. The way the Witcher 3 did that disappearing disappearing HUD that when came back when you needed it because, you know, some people- Do like, you have you know, some sort of groinal issue, Dan? Oh, uh, no, I fucking banged my knee on my desk oh. as I sat down. Oh, no. Gave himself <laughs> testicular distortion. He, yeah, he looks like he just sat on his nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've sat on myself. Um, no, I forgot yeah. I turned <laughs> the camera on too early while I was still in pain. You poor bugger. Sorry, yeah. Tom. I no, 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 you're right. No, it's, it's, I, was, I, I interrupted him. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, no, I was interrupted in my mind. I was trying to maintain a point and I couldn't because it looked like someone was having a deep scratch Had of their nuts. Nuts himself, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, just the, just the way that it, like, for someone who, uh, you know, there's there's times when I'm playing a game and I don't get to come back to it for five days at a time because of work and life. Mm. So to have that ability for the HUD to to reappear when I need it, to remind myself, oh, yep, that's that, that's what I have there, that's what I have there. But when I'm running around observing the views and, and, and just having a fun time, like frolicking through the countryside, having yeah. that HUD fade out and, and disappear until I need it, I think is one of the best mechanisms that, um, maybe not the best mechanism, but one of the best mechanisms that uh, the, the Witcher 3 brought to, to modern yeah. games especially. Yeah. 
I, I think on that side of things, Tom, I think Ghost of Tsushima fucking nailed it. Yeah, I the, totally agree with that. The another great example. Wind, another the great foxes, example. Yeah, the birds. But it was in like, game. It was yep. in lore. It was in story. It was all consistent. Yep. yep. It was in yep. your field of view. And I mean, the the, the another downfall of the way the, the wind the was witches, beautiful too. Mm. That's exactly it. I mean, it's like the 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 mechanism for the wind, the guiding wind, and to going to your quest points compared to The Witcher Three, where you've got you're constantly staring at a little dotted line on your mini map. To get to your next your next point, I mean, hmm. you need when they do uh, where The Witcher Three really could have benefited from a top screen compass directing you to the point marker would hmm. have kept you much more focused on the central character in the middle of the screen rather than looking at the dotted white line in the top corner, and that's where the Ghost of Tsushima with the the HUD that com- your screen is completely clean. Yeah, until yeah. you go into combat, and then your health bar and your focus turns up. Yeah, like, I yeah. think I think it's yeah, but I. But I it was a game built that. around the concept of Zen. Yes, it's like sorry, sorry, Tom. No, 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 no. It's, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's it's one of the best things to come into some modern games. It's having the HUD's important, and there are people who really need the HUD, but you don't need it when you're running around doing but nothing. I, yeah. I think a lot of game designers just take it for granted. They just copy and paste from every other game in the industry, and I th- actually think that's where they went so well with Ghost of Tsushima, where they actually sat down, they took a step back from yeah. standard game design and said, do we actually need this, and is it consistent with the message we're trying to deliver? Yeah. Um, yes, and, and, and it, uh, completely, and understanding the message that we're trying to deliver and, and sticking it to it rather than going with the status quo. Mm. You, you look at that game, and I know it was a... Is it triple A or a double A? I don't know what triple triple A would be. Is it just fall into the triple A? I know it was Sony funded, so no, it's a, but the, no, no, the studio it's, wasn't. Was it? Was it? Sucker, huge sucker punch. Sucker punch is a oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sony's yeah. a triple A. Yeah, yeah. triple A. So They're, you yeah. you look into that and to take to take. I guess not a gamble. I guess they were very aware of what they had when they were creating it, and that hmm. they were on to something good. But to to release that, pardon the. Into the wild, yeah. Into the wild of the, the the future gaming. I mean, yeah. We need to we need to move people like Bethesda and Ubisoft away from their oh. their status quo. <laughs> They're formulaic. So yeah. so I like I'm going to talk a little bit about Starfield in Are You Winning? Some I don't at the think end you're going to talk a little bit about Starfield. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no I'm actually, I, I I'm going to try and be as balanced as I can. But on the on the fast travel conversation, there are parts where even if you're in a ship incapable of jumping between star systems, like if you're in it, so so there's this concept of distance between star systems in the galaxy you're, you're playing in. And so if your grav drive isn't upgraded sufficiently, you can't jump between two specific stars because they're too far apart. Right. Which makes perfect sense. In, mm-hmm. in Except if you have a base on one side of the the galaxy and you have a base on the other side of the galaxy and you go to the, the the galaxy menu, you can actually instantly teleport to your base even if your ship is physically incapable of making the jump. I mean that so makes it just sense, bypasses you know, e- e- game e- mechanics. E- e- phone home. Just no, it just completely breaks goes. game mechanics. Like you yeah. couldn't actually travel there system by system if you did it the slow way, but you can fast oh, travel you there. You can't do a galaxy hop? Oh, it's- that'd be so <laughs> cool. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy where you just like 
No, we've done too many hops. And they too start melting jumps. faces, yeah. <laughs> but you That'd understand be what I'm saying. Like, it yeah, goes yeah, back to what yeah. you were saying about breaking the immersion, Dan. Like, fast travel is so prevalent in Skyrim. It's not the only issue and it's not even the biggest issue. But it's so so prevalent in, in, in Starfield that you never actually – you get to a point where you never actually get in your ship, climb into the cockpit seat and take off because there's just no value in doing it anymore. There's no mm. reason at all to do it. That's incredibly it's broken. It's broken. There's just no reason to do it. In Star- in uh, No Man's Sky, you used to do it just because it was cool to to see the atmosphere dissipate. You went from the blueness mm. of the atmosphere bubble yeah. to the blackness of space, and you're like, now I'm in space. And you could actually you could fast travel, but you'd set a point in the distance to the next you know solar body within a solar system. And you could fast travel to that. And it was satisfying that if you really wanted to sit back and set your engines on full, you could just autopilot for 15 minutes, come back in 15 minutes of real lifetime, and you'd be there. Can't do that in Starfield. It's infinitely distant. Your ship will never travel to the next solar body. You can set it, you can point it at the sun and press go, and you'll never get there. You're expected to fast travel. Fast travel. Yeah. Ah, and that's—I mean—that just denotes a broken game, doesn't it? You it is—it is foundationally yeah. it is broken. Yeah. So I mean, you—you you, you say that No Man's Sky, you can just set it on autopilot. I mean, you—you—you you, you talk about, and I've talked about wanting to traverse the world in RDR before, but you can mm. do the same thing in RDR. Like you can get get in the car on a horse. And yeah, oh, yeah and on set, a carriage. Yeah. yeah, and set that point and then go into cinematic mode and literally just watch the character ride across the country in cinematic yeah. mode. Yeah. Hands or off. Or get on a fucking train, sit down in yeah. a car, you know, in, in a car, and, and there's a distinguishable difference between the first class car and the fucking mm. cattle class car. Mm. Yeah, and you yeah. can just sit back and, and watch it. And enjoy the enjoy the travel, but there's a distinct difference between not wanting to get not wanting to waste the time to get into the cockpit of your ship, which is going to take you across the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, that, that sounds to me broken. Um, so while I was same, writing- Sorry, on, this, on yeah, that as yeah. well, the same same time, so not wasting time, but not not everyone has the ability to sit there 15 minutes and just watch a cinematic like piece of getting to oh, the thing. Oh, absolutely like, not. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that anyone has ever, like that you would ever want to sit there in No Man's Sky and watch that shit. What I'm saying is- <laughs> The game mechanic is, is built around this concept that that you need to get back physical into your space ship. is laid out in a physical kind of way, and it has a gravity to it, and you can get in your ship, point it at a star, press go, and eventually you'll get there. And mm. there's a sense of realism, even if you never would actually sit there and watch it unfold. There's a sense of realism knowing that you could, right? As okay, a, no, no, okay, good. Yeah. as opposed to the only way to get from the planet to the moon that's like eight light seconds away is to fast travel. There's something yes. wrong with that as a as a space game mechanic. Is mm. is I, I was, yeah. Is that like a loading a loading thing? No, we'll no. get into that. Engi- okay, it's right, an we'll engine limitation. It's it's yeah. synthetic. No, it's not actually. It's it's okay, actually okay. it's not because there's parts of the game that exposes just how broken the game design is in that specific mechanic. Because so it's, uh, to, 
Let's get into it when you talk about yeah. it. We're going to get sidetracked. Yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm calling this. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm flicking right. the switch you're right, back Tom. on the train. Yeah, we we were we we're in HUDs, so we were talking yeah. about HUDs before. And the next one was really about tagging enemies in all Ubisoft games. <laughs> so, Tom, so, so c- we, you said you said this. It was the the biggest one we need to talk this about is Far Cry Primal. Mm. Tom, can you tag enemies in Far Cry Primal? Yes. Okay. That's but there's no animus. <laughs> there's no there's, excuse. There's no, there's no, no, <laughs> there's no so, excuse. No, there's the witch doctor. It's, it's magic. <laughs> it's <laughs> like because because we no, have got, and you get sense. You get sense. You get you get the you actually. The, I think the way you track animals in from memory in Far Cry Primal is that you track their sense. Okay, so, so like, there is an in-game explanation for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. When it comes yeah. to humans, though, there is none. You well, literally just put a little yeah, okay. little red dot above their head when you go. Yeah. When you go, oh, I've got I've got caveman senses. Got As opposed to lo- launching your eagle, and your eagle at least in the other in, uh, except all for Far Cry, Cry in the, all the other Far Cry enemies. games, you have some sort of binocular technology to be like. Sure, if you were looking through those binoculars, you'd be like, I can, and, but and you wouldn't be able I'm to follow sure the, the tag. That's I'm sure the it. US. Like some Department of Defense has spent billions of dollars trying to develop that, but it still doesn't actually exist. No, the whole heads-up display. I can tag a tag an enemy combatant through a drone, and it appears in in AR in real in my time. fucking goggles. Yeah, mm. yeah. 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 Mm. DARPA, so I, I'm sure, is all over that. I I also had a problem with this with the uh, the Hitman reboot. Or no, actually, was when was it? Blood Money or. Somewhere, somewhere within the third or fourth Hitman game, they bought in. Mm. Basically, they bought in. I remember Eagle you talking Vision, about it? Yeah, Eagle Vision from uh, from Assassin's Creed, from- and it it takes out that element from <laughs> <laughs> from Hitman one, two, and maybe three. I don't really remember where it came in, but it takes yeah. out that element of that that surprise element where you're meant to be a an assassin going into an area that you've researched as much as you can. But the unpredictability of human action goes. Am I going to walk around this corner and there's going to be and, a guard be on a break smoking? With a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it takes out that thing because I can just stand behind a corner and go into my my magic hitman vision or eagle vision or whatever Far Cry vision is called. I don't actually know. There is no Far Cry. It's just tagging binoculars. Literally, it's and, just tagging binoculars. Yeah, and see people through walls and their their set paths and things like that. Is yeah. where. It, it, it's the same as Ghost Recon, where you use or it's the same as Last drones. of Us. The Last of Us listening, like I can listen through walls, but Survivor Mode doesn't have listening. Yes. Correct, you cannot do it, which is why that game in Survivor Mode is the is, yeah, is the a good way is to the play way that. to play the game. Until yeah. I shit myself, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like days the uh, days of us days alone. What's it called? The fucking Day, days gone. Days gone. Days thank gone. you. Yep. In in maximum difficulty, there was no HUD. There's no yeah, ammo yeah. counter. Mm. There's no map. If you want to know how to get from point A to point B, you better fucking remember the roads. Mm. Yeah, which I mean, we all do eventually. Which I don't agree with because GPS exists. In a modern yeah. day game. Yeah, sure. Um, that if you're particular- an, even if you're in a zombie apocalypse, like. Just because you're in a zombie apocalypse, the sometimes still works. Down. Yeah, <laughs> the sunlight's coming down. They're not zombified. No. What is yeah, your but, name? But, My name is Thomas. What is your surname, Thomas? Okay, but, Thomas. Thomas. 
Wi-Fi wouldn't, would it? Because uh, the telecommunica- telecommunications networks would go down and... It's not Wi-Fi, it's GPS, and the GPS Power. satellites would potentially yeah. go down. Because at some point, GPS satellites... Well, yeah. We're all doomed and we're all going to die. Anyway, <laughs> it depends on how far in the future Days Gone was supposed to be set. But no, GLONASS and GPS would still have been running. You would have still had GPS. But I think the point is tagging enemies no. is, a, yes. mm. is a cheap game mechanic that breaks immersion in a lot of games, including the Assassin's Creed series. Oh, I think the one that's most prevalent is if you guys ever played the Sniper Elite series, the World no. War II snipers. Mm. Yes. Um, Especially when you can get up to the point where it's if you play on the hardest difficulty, it's like you have to you have to um, factor in the curvature of the Earth when you're the Coriolis doing effect. Yeah. But yeah. you can still put a little red dot above someone's head and <laughs> yeah, yeah, work out where they are. Yeah. What the fuck in World War Two? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you can shoot through Hitler's testicle, in- which is the greatest part of those games. There's six of them. You can shoot through Hitler's testicle in every single one of them. It's the greatest part of any video game ever. No one can convince me anything otherwise. Let's all shoot off Hitler's testicles. There's, there's no way that. So okay, so I just looked it up. The you longest, say about to say there's no way you can the, shoot off Hitler's testicles. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. The <laughs> longest <laughs> confirmed kill made during World War Two by a sniper was 1,100 meters. At 1,100 meters, you're Whoa. not worried about the Coriolis effect. That's still uh, a long way. 1.1 k's is yeah. a. Oh, I'm not not saying I could do it. But the with a World War Two sniper rifle, <laughs> but you're not you're not taking into account the it. curvature of the fucking earth. You're talking about bullet drop and deacceleration. Yeah, yeah, bullet, yeah. Drop, bullet, bullet, bullet drop, yeah, absolutely. Bullet but drop. basic basic trigonometry is part of a sniper's fucking core yeah. handbook. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, Again, Coriolis effect is quite Cori- different. Tom Tom didn't mean Coriolis; he meant bullet drop. I yeah. think. Again, I just want to shoot off Hitler's testicle. <laughs> so every now and then we play on Friday nights, we play uh, Sniper Elite 2, I think is what we play. And the, the we, we play versus modes every yeah. now and then. And uh, the, the most ruckus that ever comes up is when someone gets a testicle shot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, okay, so I'm, 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 I'll call myself out as wrong. According to Google, Coriolis effect really needs to be taken into, it's essential at shooting distances of a thousand meters and beyond, okay. so longer so, shot was eleven hundred meters. So he had a hundred meters left on that. But to take it into account, I if, wasn't calling if, you out as wrong. If time. before you shot, and then Hitler kind of like squeezed up a little, and he pulled his balls <laughs> in, <laughs> you might miss the sumo effect. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Anyway, moving on. Um, Get a deep breath in. He went. Suck up. And then, you know, <laughs> or he just coughs. skim. He yeah, coughs. just skims the bottom of the scrot. Yeah. Hmm. There's your episode. The title. bottom of the scrotum. <laughs> the bottom of the scrotum. <laughs> uh, fucking talk to yeah. me about Batman Arkham Arkham Knight. Oh, I and, oh the game. bat tank. Oh, I, the bat tank. See, I don't have a problem with this, but Tom obviously does. So I, I, I said that. didn't. Oh, okay. So I didn't. I didn't have a problem. I didn't put this in. Yeah, I know. I did. Oh, okay. Just that your reaction there about the bat tank. I, I like. I really enjoyed the 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 main body and the story beat moments within Batman Arkham Knight using the bat tank. Uh, I thought the the coming out of GCPD when it was in lockdown to all of the Arkham Knights like forces just fucking there and like 
you you just have to be the Batman and take all these bastards out. Yes. And I thought that I think that is where they should have left the finale of that game and the Batmobile. And everything from there on out uh, should have just been the Batman taking on the Arkham Knight. Uh, but you have the. So the you're fin- saying you think the Batmobile should have been destroyed in that fight? Oh yeah, I mean, or if it had, if at it had least been like shot a wheel off, so dis- disabled. Yeah, 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 yeah. If it had been disabled okay. there, and we played the last part out, and we didn't have to take the Arkham Knight on, and that, that tedious get behind him and take out the the glowing red points uh, on the tank. Uh, I think that part but of the Dan, game. But Dan, if you could consider out. the Arkham games Three and their missteps, uh, will we talk about the uh, the Joker with the the serum fight at the end of like? It's not like the Arkham series has not done this before, where they've they've stumbled right at the end with such a great concept and then just gone like, it's, yeah, it's almost like a Mar- it's almost like a Marvel series. It's like this is really cool. This is really different. But hey, 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 superhero fight. Here you go. Yeah, so I mean, that's. But I don't think that that's not a game mechanic. That's just a. That's a a segment of that was a choice on how to end the game. It's not okay, a. It's, right, not, yeah, a, it's yeah, not a. It's yeah, not a. It's not a. It's not a core game mechanic. It was just a a poor choice. Uh, a poor choice on the way to to take that series. But okay, we can cover that at another point. But I, I just I just think it's a whole that, other spotlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Uh, I think that is down, uh, that man. is the point where they and plenty of games have done it before, where they've given you something through the entire game and they've taken away from you because they they come up and say, "Hey, you're about to go into a point now where like you're not going to have access to this shit. Like, if you want to have access like to the this, point of, the point so of no return, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, finish it off now because beyond this point, you're not going to have access to the Batmobile before you, uh, like, until after you finish the storyline. I line. always find that's more like the more for upgrades and side quests, though. It's got like, as opposed to core game mechanics. Uh, Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Yeah, but but why not? Like, why why not? I mean, it was it, and. I didn't like it, but I didn't. It didn't destroy my enjoyment of the game in Arkham Knight. Uh, yeah. But I think that whole tank final boss fight with the Arkham Knight could have been taken out. Mm. It just oh, it no, was, I agree. It was it was an overused mechanic, and a lot of people have far more issue with the Batmobile oh. than I do. Yeah. Um, but I just think that is that is a big one that could have been taken out and did damage the 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 continuation or the finale of that game where it was meant to be so poignant with Jason and mm. how it finished up but you're forced into that this was, that was post the sniper one wasn't it because the sniper predator mission against Jason yeah while he's yeah. still the Arkham Knight yeah, yeah. I still so haven't yeah. I still haven't played any of these games you know really Knight. I really I got you not- I, no, I stopped at the start of the second Arkham game. Oh, Peter! When he was you are you are missing out on masterpieces here. Like what absolute modern yeah, game no, I just, masterpieces? I, I played the I, I played I platinumed the first game, Arkham Asylum, and then back to back played the second game. I think that's Arkham City. City yeah. is the second one. Yeah, and I just I was burnt out. I needed a palate cleanser and just Ugh. never went back. Because playing the platinum trophy, <laughs> the platinum trophy requires perfect execution in those 
combat zones at the end, like the free flight combat. Game. Free flight yeah. combat one hundred and one. I've got that, baby. Yeah, Ark of Night. I've got it. I've got it. Killed and me. because this is why I do not change do platinums. Yeah, because because you're a coward. You, you've mi- you've now missed out the enjoyment of the game. It yeah. ruins the enjoyment of the game. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna move. To- we're gonna move forward though. <sighs> Yeah, okay. I don't know if we are, I'm, Peter. I'm, we need to talk I'm, about the fact you haven't played Arkham City or Arkham Knight. Pete, one of the most enjoyable things in life is standing on the top of GCPD with Batman in Arkham Knight in the fucking rain and just watching those droplets run down that armor because every droplet has a unique path. And then you jump off Gotham Tower and you <laughs> glide straight down as fast as you can, and about 200 metres before you faceplant into the earth, you call, call the Batmobile, and then you swoop back up and land in it, and then you flip off everyone in, around, and yeah. like up and around. In and you. around the street. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, no, Kevin, I, Kevin Conroy other, as well. Other than Kevin Conroy's um, Mark I am the, the Knight, I am the Vengeance, I am the Batman speech, the the single best line Kevin Conroy has ever uttered in any Batman media is evening the odds when you first get to call the Batmobile in Arkham Knight. He's just like- Because he's speaking to Oracle and she's like, what are you going to do? He's like, evening, evening the, odds. the odds. And that's <laughs> just like, it's just so cinematic and, yeah. and beautiful. It's just, it's, it gives you fucking chills. And Clo- it, it does a close up on the brake pads as they yeah. start cooling <laughs> the down. Discs. Yeah. I don't even know that I can go back now because- You can, you can. Can you play PS- it on PS5? It's a PS4 yes. title and they've remastered both the original ones for PS4. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, Return to the Arkham. Return collection. to Arkham. Yep. Yeah, yep. right. Okay. Um, the the last game mechanic in our I'm spotlight. I'm going to pee and get a beer. Yep. Okay. The last game mechanic in our spotlight was uh, also- Oh, yeah. This is a good one. <laughs> also, and it's not just uh, Assassin's Creed, but stealth-based solutions or, or stealth-based games where there's either no stealth-based solution to a particular mission problem- or it's so unimportant and so unrewarding that you just stop bothering. And the the AC games that moved into the open world freeform RPG are definitely a, a, a you know have committed this crime. There was oh, just, they, they they haven't just committed this crime. I think they wrote the book on this crime. <laughs> there was just there was no point in sneaking around anymore. But Horizon, the second Horizon game, was far less stealth based than the first one. Yes, no, hundred percent. Yep, there I there was. I suck at these stealth base. I hate it when a stealth like Spider Man's a perfect example. I hate it when you have to do a Mary Jane Spider Spider stealth base mission came along. Because I'm just like Whereas I enjoyed that. That's I know I'm you a do, Metal Gear Solid a, bitch. Like Yeah, but I'm a little I'm a little Leroy Jenkins, just wants to run in charge and like I'm fucking yeah. Spider Man. Why am I being Mary Jane right now? I could web whip everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and th- you're right. You know, Sometimes they put them in and it's really out of place, though, like especially in most modern day games. The Mary Jane missions were fucking annoying. They were out of place. Yep. 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 100%. Um, But I, yeah, I was was more referring to to even if you wanted, if you were dedicated and committed to playing the stealthy assassin in any of the last four AC games. I'm trying to think of one in Odyssey because that's obviously the one I played where it really mattered. It doesn't matter yeah. though, because you yeah, can just go head thing, to just head and, and just yeah. kill everyone. It's just it's so well, much also, faster. Once, and once and you got the ability to throw the spear and just yeah, use that as a teleport item. It's it, it's just no longer a, a yeah. There's there's no reward 
for being stealthy anymore. I'd love this beer of Leonidas in uh, in. <laughs> In Assassin's Creed Odyssey, yeah. Odyssey, Odyssey, sorry, yeah. Odyssey. Uh, I just, I just think that is the because it has weight. It's in the it, same. It's it has weight in the same way that the Kratos's axe has weight in the new God of War games. Oh, that's a big call. I don't think it does. Um, but well, they are I, different. I like weights. the mechanic of different yeah. weights. <laughs> I'd like to point that out there. The, yeah, they were different weights. But I, I think you, you threw it with it. There's a certain gravity to throwing it. And oh, the way he did that first it. throw, which is kind of like a backhand throw, and he threw it out like that, that definitely very that carried weight. That yeah. carried weight. But my, my point was I just I don't build stealth mechanics into a game or, or don't build a fucking Assassin's Creed game, which was predicated on the concept of stealthy assassinations, and then don't reward me for playing stealthily. stealthily. <clears throat> and, and Horizon... Forbidden West was exactly the same. Yep, yep. And Hitman is exactly the same. The new Hitmans, where they punish you for doing things in certain ways. Yeah, no. Well, and I the, fucking hate that. Like, I don't seen, give me, don't give me a little. Po- they give you. Well, they don't. They don't punish you, but they go. Oh well, fucking, he wouldn't do this, so they give you a little negative score uh. in your top corner. No. Don't fucking do that. I want to play the game the way I want to fucking play it, not the way you want me to play Whereas it. Whereas at least at, at least Ubisoft Far Cry, if you took out the entire base stealthily, you got bonus points for it. If yeah, you did it without and- anyone noticing and you, you sniped from afar or, yeah. yeah. Well, Hitman, Hitman you do as well. If you do like oh, uh, the stealth... Stealth assassinations and uh, what do they call them? Environmental assassinations, where you mm. you hide the body and things like that. You get the bonus points for that, but don't punish me for playing it how I want to do it. If I want to, if I want to be the ruthless hitman and get to get to my objective the way I want to get to it, yeah, then I want to get to it that way. Don't give me a negative score. And if people want to chase scores and things like that in games like that, that's fine. It's perfectly mm. fine. But allow me to turn that off. Yeah, yeah, totally don't, agree. Totally don't agree. have but, it as a core mechanic. But yeah, sorry, that was my interruption no, no, no. on that that that, that point you were it's, making. It, it's but it's utterly on point. Yeah, and 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 in the case of the AC games, the last three games, uh, Origins, Odyssey, and whatever the last turd was, um, uh, Valhalla. Valhalla. You can spend an hour and a half silently killing everyone in a large fortress and it nets you absolutely no reward that walking in the front gate and fighting everyone at once yep. doesn't. Yep. So why the fuck would you? And Valhalla almost, it it, penalize, rewards- it doesn't quite penalise you for, for stealth, but. Well, it, it doesn't, but it's a uh, time it, penalty. It gives you the, it, it puts you in the mindset of road riding because they're called raids. Yeah. So the yeah. Vikings didn't raid by well, I mean, some points they probably did, but but the, the whole idea of that game is row your fucking boat to the shore, get out, kill the mm. fucking monk before he rings the goddamn bell, yeah, and just, and just fucking annihilate slaughter everyone. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, but that but, was a game that punished you for killing civilians and and priests, and it's like, and I think we talked about it when it first came <laughs> we did, out. Like, we did. Yeah, fair enough, civilians, but priests. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure that was the whole fucking goal for a lot of those raids. Well, it was because they were worshipping not your gods, so you didn't care about them. Not only that, but where were all the riches concentrated in that age? In the yeah. fucking church. In the churches. Yeah. 
That's where the all the money was, because yeah. everyone else was poor. That was that was where the Catholic Church originate, originally got its power, hmm. by well, concentrating I mean, wealth where everyone else was poor. The Viking Age is, the, the start of the Viking Age is determined by the raid on Lindisfjall. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, that is literally where they the, start. The start, The, the yeah. historical age of the Vikings. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I'm pretty sure was the start of. One of the Tom's, Tom's mate on uh, on Instagram is probably going to uh, correct yeah, me on that. Yeah, Chris will probably correct on <laughs> And now that you're back, Tom, I, I'm going to go take oh, a leak. Wanna, I was going to say, if you want to talk about where the uh, Catholic Church took power, I think that was when they started taking the children out of the house and doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note. Devils. <laughs> ah. uh, it, uh, the devil's lettuce takes on a whole different, uh, different uh, meaning in that time. Yeah, something else about the... Uh, Bush and the Toxic Avenger, but let's not go into that. <laughs> uh, oh, Tom, Tom, are you winning, son? I am so sorry I spoiled this. I thought you talked about it when Ed was on. No, I was very close to being finished. When uh, we, we, I'm assuming we're moving on with the spotlight then. Pizza yeah. Oh, okay. oh, no, have you got more to say? No, no, I was just, you know, how he gets sensitive about if we move on without him, you know, his approval. He's oh, okay. The master. Yep. Have we got any more to add here? I mean, I'm sure there is more. But I mean, those are the big ones. I mean, they're the ones that we talk about a lot. They're the AAA ones where I think people have, the, the, the studios have misstepped. I mean, you, you take in Ubisoft and EA that, that have made these big titles and these ongoing franchises that have Bethesda, continuously. Bethesda as well. Bethesda. Yeah, Activision, co- yeah. Continuously yeah. put these things in that people go, come on, man. Like, seriously, like, fucking wake up to yourself in this. In this and we're not. We're not talking now, or we are talking now, where the 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 general age of the people playing these games with the disposable income to continuously buy them on day one and that. We're not talking about 18 to 25 year olds now. We're talking our age. We're talking 35 to 35 to 50 now, the people that have grown up with the growth of the, the gaming industry. Yeah. So for these, for them to Arrogantly ignore the comments of people is uh, is incredible. Are we talking about Todd Howard? Oh well, it, well he's a prime example. He's, he's absolutely so the prime example. Disconnected from his fan base, but but you 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 see yeah, because these he people used to, get... he used to be a god and now he's you know he's just he's been but he fell down, from he... grace from his own fucking mouth, man. Like that's no one's yes, fault well, but his. No, that's true. Yeah. He's just an arrogant piece of shit. Anyway, sorry. What did I walk back into? No, yeah, but no, also no, that's think bad. about think about what's his name from Activision. Like that guy was the same thing. He he thought he was God's gift to gaming. Well, that- Bill Mayer from from Sony uh, back when EverQuest Two was was a yeah. Oh, there's plenty it's of it's not Bill Mayer. No, he's God, the late night that? guy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So so a bit. I mean, Pete, you walked <laughs> in with exactly the right point. You just re like you just reinforced my point that. We've we've all made comments, and it's been very vocal, even in in um, gaming displays. I mean, the first one comes to mind: the um, Diablo Immortal when they announced that as a mobile only. Like mm. they doubled down on Diablo being mobile for a little while, and nobody nobody actually nobody said. cared. Nobody cared. As the as like yeah. literally, it was the start of Jurassic Park. It was like we got Diablo Immortal. Yeah. See, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> But yeah. it was just, it was just, they were booed on stage yes. when they announced it as mobile. And it's like, don't double down on this shit, man. I actually go back and go, you know what, guys? 
you didn't like this, you, you, and Todd Howard were the same when he was talking about um, Fallout 76 and being oh. an online oh. game. People just wanted Fallout 4. You, they didn't want yeah. a microtransaction thing, but they backed this to the end. It was mm. a fucking disaster when it came out. And then they just never played it, never going to touch it. But that is never a fucker who is just perennially just just piling himself down the Nile. Yeah. He's, that guy is stuck in denial. Indefinitely. Absolutely. Denial. I thought you were about to say he's just having a lovely punt on the Thames. Like, just he's just having a lovely <laughs> boat ride. No, but I, I really mean, liked he's... where you went with it. That was great. That was so, oh, no, it worked on so many levels. Yeah. So the, for, for someone to, so, so, so a, a fan, and he wasn't a detractor, he was a fan, asked him during a recent Ask Me Anything on Reddit, you know, he basically accused uh, Starfield of not being optimized for PC. And Todd Howard's response was, maybe the problem is that your PC is not optimised. Ah, he's done a villainy. What he's an arrogant piece fuck. of shit. Ah. What a <laughs> shitty thing to say to a fan. Yeah. Anyway, we should move yeah. on. Dan, are you winning, son? Oh, I went to Tom and I apologised while you were gone for okay. Tom uh, for spoiling well, I just Tom's. didn't know if we were ready to move on. That's all. So, that's all right. We're, we we're ready to move on and we're, we're rolling into Tom because uh, I, I okay. spoiled his big news. All right. Well, no, no, you didn't spoil my big news. But, yes, I've finally done it. I, I platinum Skyrim uh, the other week. It was it was bittersweet. I really wasn't. <laughs> I love that game. I you would have been it. emotional about it. I, 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 I was actually a bit numb. I was actually a bit numb because I was so elated to have gotten my 100th platinum. So I've, I've hit my target. Um, I have a special way it to celebrate. It is a huge fucking effort, man. I do have a special way to celebrate. It's not a playing a game of Centurion on a podcast, Sui. Um, sorry, mate. I'm not going to do 100 <laughs> shots in 100 minutes and absolutely derail an episode. Uh, I have or, another way to celebrate. Your kidneys. Oh, no, that'll be fine. My liver's... Every time I go to the doctor, my, they check my liver and they go, well, you have such a healthy liver. And I'm like, your equipment's wrong. <laughs> your equipment is wrong. Hey, How often, they, when was the last time you you, you reconfigured your fucking MRI? Yeah. Hey, they say you you uh, you don't use it, you lose it, and like oh, you're mine, using it, you're using mine it every is day a of the tri- week, so. a, a marathon athlete is my um, <laughs> absolute marathon athlete. Uh, um, did you, also, did you guys crack a fifth different beer? Yeah. Did you want to talk about it? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll do it after Would, this. Yeah. Um, because I cracked one too. Uh, no, no. So yeah, no. I, I I got to the end of Skyrim. It was bittersweet because I was I just I was so happy to be back there. It was it was. I love that game. I love that world. I love Skyrim music. is a beautiful game. I love everything about it. Like Incredible. yes, I can I understand where you're coming from with the, the fast travel. I think it's 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 definitely detracting in that thing. But other times it's. I agree. I wish it had a Witcher three style system. They do have the carriage travel. If you go to major towns, you can book a carriage to go. Um, from major city why, to major city. Why bother? Can, can I, when you can, can fast I, travel, why would you? Yeah, 100%. Hmm. Yeah. Can, can I ask, like this is hmm. going to be really random and left field. Go. Um, Unlike so all your other questions, yes. Have I have I told you guys about my experience with Arena? The original? Oh, the original. Yeah, the original. Yeah, Elder Scrolls. No, no, please. Yeah. So, I, so I played Elder Scrolls Arena when I was... Eight or nine. A wee maybe. lad. A wee lad. Yeah, I, I actually, I would have to go back and figure out when it was released to figure out how old I was, but I was really, really young. And the reason I say that is you, you, you would start the game fresh and you would hmm. start in an area, like a zone of the game, and I would I would inevitably perish. There was no way I could I could really play the game properly because I'd get to a 
to a point where I would just eventually die in the desert. And the reason is I was so young that I I was so young that I so I would have been 14, 13, somewhere in that space. Mm. Um, I was so young that I didn't understand the concept of fast travel. And Morrowind oh. was a game where you needed to fast travel to the main city yeah, to be arena. able to continue the storyline. Elder Scrolls Arena. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I said Morrowind. Yeah. Um, I just didn't understand the concept of fast traveling and I mm. couldn't figure it out as a teenager or as a young teen. Mm. And I just, the game was unplayable to me as a result. But I've I've played the original Elder Scrolls Arena. That is, yeah. Proud to say that. As you um, should be. And, and it beat me. Because I didn't understand fast oh, travel. I think, I think if we all went back to when we were 13, 14 playing games, with, there's a there fair was a, few that beat there us. There was a lot yeah. of beating going on. Is yeah. that what you're saying, to Tom? Yeah. Absolutely bashing myself. Um, but yes, no, as I was talking about Skyrim. So yes, no, it was It was just, I've I've been in love with that world since the game came out. I remember it was Me too. It's about 11 years ago now when it first released, 10, 11, because yep. um, they have released the 10th anniversary. Um, mm. I remember exactly where I was when the game released. It broke street date. It broke street date because I was working at EB Games at the time and my boss called me. She said, hey, just let you know, we've got reports that people are selling Skyrim. And I was with my housemate, Pat, and we looked at each other and I went, Skyrim's, Skyrim's out early. And we <laughs> dropped everything. We were <laughs> to go and to- secure a copy. No, no, we had pre-order copies, but to go and pick them up um, to the point where, and I am proud of this, we had a double date dinner plan that night and we cancelled it to play <laughs> Skyrim. And the both of us sitting in our opposite rooms in the house played until like three, four in the morning. We were in so much trouble, but we couldn't have been fucking happier. It was one of the greatest things ever. And since then, like, I, I, you guys know, if I, if I can't sleep, I put on my Skyrim ambience hour long thing and I'm out like that. It's beautiful. Yep. I've been in love with the game. I can't get enough of it. So to go back and make that my hundredth, and I had some really good games over those hundred platinums, and that's that is a mm. that is a drop in the ocean of the amount of games I've actually played. Mm. Um, so I, I I've talked about this before, but I've I have my my gaming music like playlist on Spotify, and I went back and tried to think of every single game I've played since the like pre sixty four up until a PS five, and it's it's over five hundred like games, and I haven't finished all of them by any stretch of the imagination. This, there's most of those games, it's like finish the story, moved on. But to actually go through and do 100 of those games and, uh, and go through the, the tasks and challenges, like my proudest one is still Star Wars Battlefront 2, having to do the multiplayer online. Um, that, that to me, especially being a Star Wars game, getting that final hero ship kill as an assault fighter I remember like being there in in the house in we were in Queens Park at the time. Emma was working on some essay paper to the right of me, and I'm there, and I've screamed, I've just fucking bellowed, just I fucking done it, yes! <laughs> and that was it. I was hooked then. That's that was really the game that got me. I was like, no, no, if I can do it with fucking Battlefront Two, I can platinum any fucking game on the planet. Um, that is a lie. I cannot. There are so many games I would never be able to find them. But you know what? You know, it was it was a boost for me. I can, I yeah, I can yeah. totally relate to what you're saying. So yeah, to finally get there and with one of my favorite games of all time was a really special moment. I'm very proud of myself. Um, the the best comment I got got a shout out. She's not going to listen this way this far into the episode, but Dad will. Mum referring it to the having the same feeling of when she was 
studying for her masters at the con in terms of the hours I've put into playing games and the hours she put into piano playing. I was like, they are not comparable at all. But thank you, mother. I very much appreciate that. Um, that was, you know, especially for her to could go, you know what? She, like she, she was the one who's- She could off, connect. Turn off that bloody gaming machine. Get off it. She doesn't sound like that, but she does whenever I do her voice. Um, but, you know, for her to be yelling at me constantly to get off the- Sound a lot the, like John Cleese then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, kind of. Similar, similar, not similar. Yeah, but for her to be constantly being like, get off the gaming machine, you know, turn off the idiot box and go back and do something to be like, no, I'm actually proud of you for what you've done, the dedication you've done. That meant a lot. Um, and yeah, I've, I lied to everyone as well. I've, I've got to apologize. I did say I was going to not go straight back into a PlayStation game. I went, dove straight into Trek to Yomi, got halfway oh, through, yeah. got halfway through the first mission, had to turn it off because I was not in the right frame of mind to play it. And I really <laughs> want to give it the time it's due. But even in that first half of that like first mission, I was like, this is really cool. And it plays like an old samurai film. Like, so definitely going to go back to that. Instead, I went to the complete opposite spectrum and I've been playing Wreckfest, which is a racing destruction derby My game. demo derby. And it is the dumbest fucking thing on the planet, but it's <laughs> so much fun. And I'm literally just driving around American muscle cars and blowing them up with other idiots online, and it's great. <laughs> and I'll do it today. But yes, no, I do have a special celebration for getting my 100 Platinums, uh, which I will book in and eventually show you guys once it's on my skin. <laughs> so I'm going to jump in here, Pete. Please. Yeah, uh, go for so it. So I just want to... Reiterate what Tom said about uh, his his housemate at the time and grabbing Skyrim because the the age difference between me and Tom isn't a huge amount but it's enough. But uh, my my housemate at the time was James um, that we all know and we had the very similar experience with Oblivion. Yeah. We, mm. I I didn't know what the Elder Scrolls was. I had very recently. Uh, well, not recently, but I'd had a PC for a while, but it wasn't for PC solo gaming. It was about uh, traveling out and playing lands with Sui and a few few other friends with Call of Duty. Carrying your C- Call of Duty. CRT monitor one arm oh, and your keyboard yeah. and your tower strap the, the other. Strap the CRT <laughs> into the front seat, monitor screen against the back and yep. put the fucking seatbelt around it yep, and yep, plug yep, it yep. in. Yep. And that's that's how we rolled. I'll um, never forget. Just 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 interrupt for a sec. I'll never forget discovering that I could get my two twenty-one inch CRT monitors and would touch edge to edge in my the back seat of my Lancer. Seat, yeah. It was exactly the <laughs> the width of my Lancer. <laughs> and the twenty one twenty ones were like you rich fuck yeah, spending yeah, all yeah, that money yeah, on yeah. screens at the time. So anyway. So- James, uh, James and me lived together at the time, and he had played. Uh, I think he played Elder Scrolls since Daggerfell, Daggerfield, Daggerfold, Daggerfold whatever Daggerfold? the whatever that's, the second one two. was. The yep. second one was so, and then he was in love with Morrowind. Yep. So he was yep. telling me about Morrowind and how Oblivion was coming out, and this was really close to the release date of Oblivion, like like well, days. Wouldn't be excited not- by Oblivion. It had fucking Patrick Stewart as the yeah, voice of the as <laughs> as the Emperor, yeah, yeah. And 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 then he's he's telling me about Oblivion, and I had a PC, and was like, well, well, fuck, I gotta, I'm gonna have to play this as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, yeah. this sounds incredible, and he's like, I have, and, and me and James we shared a study. So, yep. which was Pete, it was the back room at Icarus. 
Yep. Uh, and and James was up against the far wall, and I was right next to the door, and we were both playing Oblivion, and it's like it's like at the same time. I think he he might have started a day or two before me, but we were like, I mean, such a huge world, you weren't mm. that far behind no, each other yeah. unless you really got lost in it. And it's just like <clears throat> we just got lost in this world, and it was yeah. just he was telling me about it, and then it was just this enjoyment of understanding something with somebody else in the household and it just just playing through this game and talking about it and it was it was not the first big fantasy rpg that i'd ever played because that was probably after oh, one oh no that came years later yes i well before I, yeah. I didn't i played witcher 2 before i played one mm. um and when i played yeah, two okay. i went back and played one James will be very happy to know then that in the the if he hasn't played it in the Dragon Ball and DLC when you go to the Morrowind Island it plays some of the soundtrack from Morrowind. Oh, oh wow. yeah, he wow. would be very happy with that. I'm if sure. He, if but he doesn't know, he doesn't that, have yeah. a PC, so he's. I think console. he's got. I think he's got an Xbox 360, but which he could probably still play the Dragon Ball DLC on it. Oh yeah, it'll be there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I have a very experience of a similar experience to you mm. with the uh, with the the the, the um, the the precursor to to, to Skyrim with uh, Oblivion. Well, so I actually bought my the TV I had for ten years. I bought for Skyrim when it first came out on PS3. I bought my forty two inch. It was my first TV that I'd bought that I hadn't scavenged some fucking mm. massive CRT off a council cleanup in the local neighborhood. <laughs> and then the second TV mm. I've ever bought was when I bought for the PS5. So that's how long I had that TV for, and how many games yeah, that well. took me through. Like, yeah, yeah. incredible. Mm. Not what, are you, what are you winning now, Dan? Because we've oh. completely avoided that subject. <laughs> yep. So modded Skyrim. Uh, so yep. to obviously I spoke about earlier, Tom inspired me to jump back into Skyrim. I had it installed, but I hadn't actually gotten through it. Tom mm. randomly sends me the, uh, oh, you're awake or whatever the, the intro yeah. just got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he randomly sends me these things. Uh, I'm, I, I shudder to log into Instagram and see oh, how many messages- have- no, I stopped. I've stopped. I, have I've stopped. I stopped a while ago when I figured you weren't on Instagram anymore. I stopped sending you things. Oh, I haven't logged into Instagram for about three months, three or four months, maybe even. But there'd longer, be a, there'd be about uh, sixteen versions of <laughs> someone like doing a video, and like they drop the camera. It's my favorite one. There's some dude drops a phone camera down a flight of stairs, and then you follow the phone camera, and as it flips, it flips in the last thing. And it cuts the opening sign of Skyrim. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, you're, you're awake. awake. You're awake. Oh, it's, it gets me every time. <laughs> uh, so I, I just dropped. I dropped just a, not some, not some in, incredible mods on Skyrim. I just, uh, I dropped some, uh, some lighting so mods, many. some updated lighting mods, some, uh, just some bits and pieces, some more quality of life stuff than anything yeah. else. Uh, and the biggest Inventory quality management. of life. Uh, no, I haven't. I've started to look at inventory stuff. Uh, only I really didn't like the lighting mods, but yeah, that's another. Well, another topic the time. can you play mods on the PlayStation? Yep. Yeah, Creation Club mods you can. So no, when you can I, up, up, up access the yeah, the mod mod store. So when I played so Skyrim, so Skyrim is my VR game. Yes, my one and only saying. VR game, really. Um, and there was no mods. There was no option for mods. Yeah, on the maybe on the, not for VR. On the on the PS PS five version I played, you had access to the mod store. If you accessed any mods or if you had them active, it would disable trophies. Um, yeah, oh. it does on the PC as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I okay. actually I actually found them I didn't like the mods. I used a couple of lighting mods when I finished and went through and had a little like play around and I found them some of them were 
too realistic in the lighting and it was like yeah, you trying to run around at night it was like i actually can't see shit like this yeah, is right. not fun okay Anyway, yeah. Dan, sorry. So I, I dropped uh, like just some forest and foliage mods on, mm. which uh, increase the density of the the foliage. My PC doesn't even skip a beat with these yeah. mods on, so I need to <laughs> I need to bump it up a little bit more. Yeah, it's if because I can. The, those mods are out. They've been yeah. out so long. Yeah, of course. They're, yeah. they're super efficient. So the most the the best quality of life one I put on is it's called Open Cities, and it's I, no more loading into cities. 100% it's, agree with that. Yeah. It's it's wonderful immersion. You just walk up to the city gate, you hit E to open it and it just opens both ways and you just walk in and everything's loaded already. There yep. is I did discover that there is another one for uh some of the keeps that are within cities which uh, uh okay, yeah, it, yeah. blend them into the the open city mods uh for Windhelm and um the first city. Uh white one. Run, uh, yes. There is there is there is one <clears throat> that blends them into the open open city mods as well. Blue, blue so, palace for solitude, maybe. Maybe, maybe. yeah. I haven't gotten if, to solitude if, yet. So if I'm a good boy, maybe I'll get that. <laughs> so <laughs> that that that's my quality of life, and that was that was kind of one of the ones that really in broke or oh, it, it increased my Breath immersion for for walking through the world unbroken, and that's where the fast travel really snapped my brain. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying just once again, as Tom said, just being in the Skyrim world and I engaged some bandits on a catwalk the other day and all of a sudden in the background, I hit this fucking dragon scream and oh, this dragon oh, just oh, blued through oh, and tried, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> tried to grab the, the bandit off the catwalk. And then it just mm. ended up as a three-way battle between me, so the bandits, random. and the dragon. I mean, but that's it was just been the beauty of those games since Day yeah. Dot. It's just so random. And and more with Skyrim and the introductions of the dragons and and their 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 inclusion in the world at random intervals, not outside of the tombs. Yep. Um, but just in the world. So so yeah. Pete just Oh no, Pete's sad. Way. I am. Oh, because Pete's sad. Pete, it's you the same. It's the same beers, developer. Beers first. Do you want to do beers first? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's let's do beers. Oh. Before you get real sad, real sad. <laughs> oh, 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 I've looked <laughs> at what beers. Pete's got written on the run sheet, and I'm like, hmm? and I'm like, oh, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who's drinking what? Fucking lay it on me, I, I am having. I don't. I definitely say this is a brewery we have not had on the podcast before, Pete. So that's why I picked this one. Um, We're at Ale- four hours, by the way. Good. Ooh. Good. Fucking it's a, lucky. It's a, um, it's, it's a, the uh, daylight it's a lab- savings fucking It's a special. Labor Day long weekend. Alice Springs special. Brewing Co. Yeah, right. This yep. is their stout. What's it called? No no points for guessing where they're from. Um, <laughs> it's literally just called stout. Okay. Um, this is their and easy drinking is stout. Is it an IPA? No. Yeah, it is. No. Um, yeah, it uses uh, <laughs> uh, Columbus Citra and um, fuck these and, nuts And hops. Nelson. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's 4.2%. Um, it is a look. If I was sitting in Alice Springs, uh, you know, desert, like you know, it's really hot during the day, but cold at night. This is perfect. It's a really light stout. Um, it's nice and chocolatey. It's very roasty. Um, it's, What's the ABV? Uh, four point four point two. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, brewed out in Alice. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's quite light. It's quite uh, quite delicious. Um, a very easy to sit on little little 
Oh God. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Dance, very, massive very easy to sit on little stouts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, nice. You don't usually get low ABV stouts. Seems everyone wants to push a stout up to seven percent minimum. So. Look, they literally either do a a you know a four point two is pretty regular ABV, like or it's 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 either six and above or it's it's a four point something. Yeah, mm. yeah. Out of five. Oh, I would definitely give that a that's a four. That's a really enjoyable sessionable stout. Yeah, nice. I could have a couple of those. Yeah. What are you I having, Pete? We've lost Dan, so I'm drinking. No, he's uh, reading. Yeah, he, he's, so I'm, he's Gandalf he's, in the in the chasm of Minas Tirith, being like in the year thirty four, thirty four of the Second Age. <laughs> no, we're we're not doing the fucking. <laughs> oh, please stop that. Beelzebub has a yeah no. We're not doing the fucking um, uh, Island Jam no. from Dayton, Dayton beer. Hmm. This is the Tropicana uh, milkshake Nipah. It looks thick in your glass. It was it very was thick. thick. <laughs> I, have, I have not much left to say about it other than it leaves a residual on the glass that is like I poured tropical fruit juice into my glass and drank it and smelled the glass. That's that's mm. all I've gotten all the way through. Um Milkshape Nipa, um, look, it is it is soft on the tongue, like mm. you, you know. I wouldn't say it's pillowy, but it is kind of in that spectrum. Um, Milky, yeah, thirty two IBU, so not too not too bitter. Um, Six point seven percent. It's just been a nice background beer. It hasn't been loud and in my face, so. I mean, that's it's good exactly- for a milkshake need, but not be loud and in your face. Yeah. Yeah. It's been exactly what I wanted, actually. Uh, I'm I'm going to give it a... Uh, I'm going to give it a four. Four. Well done, yes. Dane. Well done, Dane. Yeah. I, Dane, I always find hit or miss. It's always great or it's... Swing fucking, What the fuck batter. are you guys doing? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I've got uh, Seco cruising for a good pine lacto nipa. Uh, cruising for a good pine lacto nipa. Uh, it's a uh, it's uh, you, Pete. You were talking about uh, tropical tropical fruit juice in a glass. That's really what this is. It's got a mm. uh, it's got a it's kind of a, a, a light. Yeah, it's got a light sourness to it, but it does actually have quite a sweetness to it. So I'm I'm I was just trying to see if it actually had some lactose in it. Um, which I think it might. Um, to, just to, to call it a lactonipa, it better fucking have lactose <laughs> in it. Just saying. Well, lacto lactobacillus. So that would be lactobacillus would be the sourness. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, okay. So if yeah, they're going yeah. both right. ways, lactic acid and yep. and and lactose. So I don't I don't know. It it, it does come across that way. That that's exactly what it's they've a, done. Is it's a pale they, though, isn't it? As opposed to an uh, IPA. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, so it's a hazy so, pale. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a yeah, it's a five point six percent, and just just tropical fruit. Like it's just it, it was exactly what I wanted to finish on after my fuck up of the pour of the uh, the mild um, mm. or the mid. Um, I'm uh, was really disappointed there, so I'm glad I I came through and finished on this one. It's a it's does a nice does way say to it contains nice. lactose. There you go. It does. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So it. Yeah. So it's got that. It's got that sweetness to it, and it's got that um, that that tropical fruit all the way through. So, yeah, all it's right. really nice. Uh, Four point two five. Beautiful. 
So hey, like do we a, need to um do we need to like crack some lighters up or something? Like, you know, hold them up and wave them as you do this. It's been a high-scoring. It's been a high-scoring beer. No, I'm talking yeah. about his review of uh, Starfield. Do we need to like yeah. put, the, put no. the, the lighters up? No, it's not that good. No, kind of- no, no. Oh, <laughs> and Dan fucked off anyway, so, you know. He needs to poop after the lactose. <laughs> Uh, and because of daylight savings, it's still light outside. Just yep. yeah. So, am I winning, son? Yes, I am, but not really. I I lost, and then okay. I'm, now I'm winning. Okay. I'm Probably just sorry. I'm I'm segueing myself out of out of Starfield, which I've nicknamed Loading Simulator 2023. And Is I actually in can't loading or loading screen. Loading screen. Okay. I want Dan back for this because he brought it up earlier. And uh, it's it's just so it's so synthetically broken, and I don't understand what the fuck the game designers were thinking when they built Skyrim. Oh, Skyrim, Jesus, Starfield, keep drinking, I mean, Pete. I mean, it's kind of sort of the same. Like uh, you know, Fallout had a few minor differences to Skyrim, but I I still think of Fallout Four as a a, a, a yeah. wasteland wasteland Skyrim yeah. or Oblivion, yeah. Uh, the the humor talk in the talk us through it. the humor in the main storylines, and I haven't actually played very much of the main main campaign at all because okay. I know the main campaign is only like four or five hours long. So yeah. I've been doing all the faction quests, and and they've been fun, but mm. I managed to break the game using standard game mechanics. I've broken the game to a point where while I'm playing through main missions, I'm constantly frustrated. Okay. So there's my first complaint. How I have built you broken? Yeah, so so it's got a quite a complex outpost mechanic built into the game where you can build mm-hmm. factories and my, uh, you can mine for resources. Yep. You can build these cargo links that send the resources from planet one to planet two. Mm-hmm. And and each planet can have up to six uh links to six other planets, or you can have two planets linked six ways if you wanted to do it that way. But basically, you can move resources on air on on spacecraft, um, and each outpost can have up to six links to other outposts. Whether that's one or or six, which sounds like Fallout. You used to have that in yes, Fallout. it's yeah. it's yeah. it's a it's a copy of Fallout 4's um, homestead mechanic, settlements, settlements, settlements? yeah, settlements mechanic. Yeah. Except I've got. So you can have up to, I think, uh, 24 outposts total, I think, is the maximum it caps out at. Right. And each outpost can have up to six links, obviously with only what, Dan? No, that's just the multiplier is huge. Yeah, I was trying to do the maths in my head and it didn't work. But but, (laughs) But the multiplier only applies to the rest of your outposts. So at most... You can you, you can have six links times twenty four, sure, but they can only ever talk back to your other outposts. So you have uh, to divide that by to two. Each other. Okay, gotcha. Right, so yep. it's one hundred and forty four divided by two. You can have up to uh, divided by two divided by two. I'm doing the math. Seventy two. You can have up to seventy two links. links. Right. I have twelve. Okay. And and the game calculating which ship is moving which resource where. But 12 links is so inefficient that I can't walk through the main town doing nothing related to my outposts without lag 
stopping me for oh. solid five oh. seconds. Have three frames, stop for another second. Have three frames, stop for another solid five seconds. Five seconds is a long time to lag a game. That's horrible. And it's every 30 seconds without fail. It has a pattern of five seconds of lag, two seconds of lag, one second of lag, five seconds of lag, three seconds of lag. Play the game for, for two, three minutes. It's game-breaking lag. Do you think that's a result of the Xbox being shit? No. No. <laughs> I, well, I mean, Todd Howard tells me it's because the Xbox isn't, isn't fucking... Cut that, Phil Spencer, you dick. <laughs> it, it, it is actually a mechanic that has broken that's Xbox fucked, yeah. Series X and has not broken 40, 80, and 40, 90 players on PC. So it is a calculation engine issue. Right. So 40, Yeah, but 40, 80, 40, 90 players are like yeah. they're, they're graphical cards for those playing at home. I'm sorry, I use that term. Way they too are much. graphics cards, yeah. They're graphics cards, but they're the modern graphics cards. So they're like two grand 2000, each or something. 2,600 for a 4080 yeah. and $3,000 for a 4090. Yeah. yeah, so I'm running a 3070. Yeah. 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 So so you'd have the same problem I do. So so I I've not been like like I said, you can have up to seventy two cargo links and I've got nine and it breaks the game. Mm. That's that's fucked. And I you know, those nine cargo links, I've got this series of factories because I thought the building mechanic was. Is that because quite- they're running constantly in the background kind of thing? Yeah. Like just, okay. just yeah. trying to calculate. Yeah, so 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 like if you're extracting resources out of a planet, you have to like there's these random zones on a planet where you can like you you'll be able to see with your scanner that area has nickel under the ground and you Mm. can in that area you can drop nickel extractors which are like these big factory machines that pull nickel yeah Yeah. they're extractors and and those extractors can point to storage boxes and those storage boxes can then point to the cargo link and the cargo link takes your nickel to another planet that uses that nickel in a factory machine to develop parts. So I might mm. mix gold with silver to come out with this thing called zero wire. And zero wire, it's funny because I've got this factory setup where a machine, and it's a 3D printer. You walk right up to it. The graphics are amazing. You walk right up to this machine, and it's literally 3D printing this thing in real time in front of you. And I've got 20 of these in a row. And they take all the gold that I've extracted from the planet I'm on and all the silver I've extracted from another planet that I shipped in, and it produces this zero wire. And then zero wire gets stored in this warehouse and then uh, gets inputted into another machine that gets added to some other resource I'm extracting in this planet. Long story short, I've got like, like I said, I've got nine cargo links moving resources around so I can make this shit that I can sell. Yeah, breaks the fucking game. And then you get into the loading simulator part of the game. So in a mission that I did recently, hmm. the main city, the first main city that you go to is this place called Jemison. It's a planet you go to. And to get from the main starport zone to the military zone is a is a, a loading screen. So you get off your ship, you walk through, you get on a monorail. The monorail is a loading screen to get to the next zone. Then you walk into a lift 
And as soon as you click on the lift button, it's another loading screen to go up to the floor that you're on. And you do this mission, you talk to this lady, and this lady says, oh, you've been signed in as a citizen. Come up to this other place and I'll swear you in. You then load another time to get to the top of this fucking zone that you're on. And you're on this top, you're on top of a building. And while she's talking to you, you've now loaded four times since you got off your ship just to get up there. And while you're on the top of the building, you can look down and you're a million miles up, but you can see your ship. I thought, I wonder how broke the game gets if I just jump off the fucking cliff. I've got a jetpack. I can land safely. It's all good. So I jump off and coast along with my jetpack and I land on my ship seamlessly. So four times I have loaded to get from my ship to where I started and yet I can smoothly fucking, yeah, land on my ship without so the, loading again. The moral it's of the synthetic. story is to, is to fly up. <laughs> oh, I, I, was, I was no. commenting and I forgot I was on mute. That's crazy. That's, that's but also it's nuts. it's no, that's one hundred percent synthetic. That's yeah. also that's that's Skyrim on launch. Like it was loading screen after loading screen every time you went through a door. Like that's just a Bethesda game on launch. You know, it's just a sad thing. But yeah, and I, yeah. I understand your frustration. But there's, yeah, so so if you look at Jemison, yeah. there's if I look at two zones, there's two shops in each of the two zones, and there's four zones in Jemison, but there's t- two zones with two shops each. The first zone, you walk into the shop and it's open space. You literally just walk smoothly from your spaceship up to this lady standing behind a counter and you can talk to her and, and she sells you shit. Yeah. You go into the next zone and you walk to the edge of the, like the, you walk up to the door of the shop and it loads you into the shop and the shop is only one room. Mm. It's a standing area and a bench area and the lady. There's no difference between the size of the, the sizes of the two stores in zone one versus zone two, but arbitrarily zone one is all open space mm. and zone two, it's three loading areas total. It just makes no fucking sense. And then you you add that to the auto load, auto, like the, the travel point mm. system. Yep. I can get from one side of the galaxy to the other as long as I've got bases on both planets i can instantly travel i don't even have to get in my ship and then there's one last piece that really tops it off for me and that is the procedurally generated areas when you land on a planet randomly Mm. and the layout of those procedurally generated um bases that you can invade and attack and explore there's only five or six of them and then it just repeats so I've been, I've now gone to the same base with the exact same layout, with the exact same backstory, with the exact Ooh. same storyline, fifty fucking times. Yeah, <clears throat> because the procedurally generated bases aren't procedurally generated. Like there's there's a They're base seed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just it's a game that you That's can see the potential in. Yeah, but it has not delivered. And this, I think, this rolls back to the the Skyrim thing. It just the, the, is, is it up to the modders to fix these things, like open cities? I mean, Bethesda's never released an open cities, but the the modders do open cities, and it was just a simple. Well, I think Bethesda's topic. probably sitting on their laurels, being like, "We don't need to release an open city now because the modders done it, so someone else can patch in and play that." Like a few people have asked that question: Is it yeah. like 
can these guys get away with half like half finishing a game and just expecting the modder community to finish it? Yeah. Is is that fair? Will they do it? Yeah, they fucking will. Is it fair and reasonable? It's resting on their laurels because the modder community's done that for the last what six, seven games of theirs they released. But at like- the same point, this is this is a game with half the campaign length of Fallout Four. Yeah. It's a very, very short campaign. Kind of so, glad it wasn't released on PlayStation now. So I moved from that to um, Baldur's Gate 3. Hey! It's exactly the game I had hoped it would be. Yeah. I, I've been I, maybe, nothing, maybe nothing but good reviews about Baldur's Gate 3, so I'm glad you're maybe I'll, Maybe we should park it because we're at three. We're at four hours 20 or something in that range. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about BG3. Next episode. We're only what a couple of hours in, eight hours. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Twelve hours into the game, I think. But uh, you know, Dan and I have played everything Larian Studios has made, so it's interesting to it's interesting to see the game mechanics that Larian invented from scratch versus implementing D and D fifth edition rules into the game, and they've done such a great job. That you can see the flaws in the original D and D fifth edition rule set. <laughs> well, I don't really mean scandal. that. Scandal. Mm. I really mean that. Like the, the the there's a there's a core flaw in the game mechanics which they've they've now expanded around that that the BG three hasn't their expansions haven't kind of added all these extra rules. It's a it's a base game implementation, but the base game of fifth edition D and D, the resource handling at the early in the early game is terrible you have to fucking have a short rest after every fight you have to have a long rest after every second or third fight and so when you play the game you're like the fuck like i just killed three goblins and now i have to sleep that's not a problem with the game that's a that's a problem with the actual rule set so yeah we'll we'll talk more about that in the next step i think i think that sounds good what are you gonna say dan no (laughs) <laughs> you're about to weigh in, but you can you can see the hour of no, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm perfectly fine. I'm trying to I'm trying to order pizza for me and Louise for dinner at the same time, as well as paying attention. Um, I I I think the the Baldur's Gate is a bigger discussion. I'm happy to have it. I'm more than happy to have it now uh, because I think there's pros and cons. I've I played the beta. I think I've said like three mm. times I played through the the area that was allowed because I had to. Um, Man, but, I looked uh, something up on on I looked something up on the internet yesterday because I was completely I was at loggerheads. I looked something up on the on the internet and the response was from 2021. Yeah, that's mental. Well, I dislocated my elbow in January 21, so I started playing Baldur's Gate three in early access at least May 21. And this is a game that's gone to full release last month. Yeah. In 2023. Yep. Two years of early access. That's crazy. But, I mean, you, you can't fault them for doing something like that. I mean, they do, they've done that and then they've released an amazing product. I mean, I feel bad for all the fucking beta testers. Wasn't it a tiny studio, though? Isn't that also it thing? is a absolutely tiny yeah. studio. It's their third yeah. ever game. Yeah. 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 I, I think, uh, Peter, it would be a good idea for you to get a fair chunk into it and then report back. Our investigative yep. reporter into Baldur's Gate 3, Peter. <laughs> all right. I think <clears throat> that's that's all I got. 
Uh, That's yeah. us. So steam. Still ordering pizza. <laughs> still ordering pizza. Old man uses technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Old man uses technology. Old man yep. yells at cloud. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Well, thank you everyone for listening in for a yeah. It's been a little while since we've done a big long episode like this. Surely, mm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, mm. hope Dan enjoys his pizza. <laughs> yep. Think- hey, it's paid for. Okay. Just did it. Yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right, I'm going to go. Sorry, it, it is. It, we're, we're, we've just entered daylight savings, and I was meant to cook dinner after a four-hour episode, and I just yeah, uh, that just, was never uh, going to happen. Well, if we'd finished an hour ago, it would have happened. Or even thirty minutes ago, but we're I'm now surprised. Uh, we're now bordering yeah. quarter past seven. Where we should have which been is quarter, quarter past eight. Is it? What year <laughs> is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's too dark to be quarter past six. No, yeah. it wouldn't have been. It's, no, it's it cool been... enough now to take the dog for a walk. That's yeah, all. I it get. should have been yeah. quarter past six. It's now quarter past seven, so it's too late. To... I'm going to go to the pub. We're a fuddy duddy. Oh, and you're going to take Jasper to the pub? No, no, he doesn't. No. He's not allowed. Oh, why not? Jasper goes to a pub and he infiltrates a kitchen and he ends up with food. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten complaints from kitchens in our local area about Jasper coming in and getting food from local pubs. Right. Okay. Is he handed the food or is he climbing up on counters and stealing Um, food? Column A, column B. But it's 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 also also a dog in a food preparation area. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Ah, fuck it. It's only a dog. I mean, that's the... That's the nanny state Pete was talking about earlier. I mean, people in Australia need to pull their head out of their asses. I mean, there's a lot more Chill dirtier things out. than a dog in an area. Hell like, yeah. Oh, he has no down. health and safety training. His handling of oil <laughs> is horrible. He pulls it straight down the sink. Yeah, he's so like, like no, up nightmare. No, no, he needs to be pulled up. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're right. Like, anyway, right. on that note. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.